Hello everybody, how are we doing today? Back at you with another episode of PC Podcast. Today we have my friend Matt, who uh, I haven't seen in a few years, actually. Um, And prior to that time seeing each other, we hadn't seen each other since high school. So once again, the PC Podcast bringing me back into contact with old friends. Um, Matt's a super cool guy. He was a always just a super chill dude in high school we met through band and um you know of course that's just a cesspool of some interesting people but yeah definitely vibe together back then and then here we are back at it again so um yeah matt everybody enjoy Yeah, because, like, being counted in to the podcast almost feels insulting. Yeah. Right? It's just like, duh, 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 shut up. No, stop it, stop it. So, like, whenever I don't do that and I accidentally leave the metronome and the time on, I just, like, there's this, like, little bit of rage inside of me. That I'm just like, God damn it. Why not? But anyways, Matt, hey, nice to see you. It's good to see you too. And Paris's first uh, fully naked guest on the podcast. So right, that's pretty cool. Completely naked. Completely naked. It's got a balls and a vagina. <laughs> Here, cheers to balginas. Cheers to balginas. Yeah. Matt is indeed not naked. He is fully clothed, but you wouldn't know that. I mean, I believe be what you want. You now, I, I'm a. I'm thinking about, well, first of all, I need money to do this, but I would like to get video cameras to do this as well. Because, like, my whole thesis with this thing is, like, talking is better than typing and texting each other because of all the um, body language and other, you know, facial cues, all this stuff and tone of voice that you can get. Right. And yet, like, no one can see my facial expressions or, <laughs> or body language or anything. So I think it'd be useful at least get a couple cameras in here to actually record us you know speaking but then i'd have to get like lights too and like i have to sync it all up and a tripod and all this other so but then just don't tell anybody hashtag find the feed there we go there you go yeah and just yeah make people look it up on youtube too mm-hmm. um find right. some weird shit along the way you know yeah like i would love to see the rabbit hole of youtube that is like following my podcast right hell yeah like what is the related videos to this it's gonna be some weird like some like pedophile ring shit some like pizzagate shit yeah yeah um i wouldn't be surprised in the slightest you know there's probably like some fringes of youtube of like the people that don't get any views at all about anything they're just like somehow connecting that with other videos that also don't get many views that's probably an interesting experiment that'd be cool as shit to figure out though yeah, I would like to see how my, how I would, you know, just fit in with that. Because, man, what's the algorithm going to do to me? <laughs> it's going to fuck you over. Yeah, it's going to really screw me over in some way. Or it'll be next, like, PewDiePie videos. Who knows? No, it's not going to happen like that. Well, you never know. <laughs> Diamond play button, here we come. Right. <laughs> so, I was just thinking about, like, how did we meet exactly? You, you know, I was, I was trying to figure that out the other day, too. I have no fucking clue how we met. 
It was definitely a marching band. You think so? You yeah. started your junior year, right? Yeah, and you were a year below me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did blow you. You're right. And I... I don't know. Did we know each other your freshman year? If we had any interaction at all, it was through concert band. Were you in wind ensemble that year? No. No? Okay, I was. You were? Um, your sophomore year? Yeah. I thought you were in concert band. I was for a week. And then they That's bumped right. me up. Yeah. yeah. I just remember because you had long hair and I thought you were cool as shit. Really? And I never got nice. to talk to you because you moved up. Left. You know, what's... I think the other... Oh, here it is. I think it's the 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 football stadium fundraiser we did every year. Yeah. Remember when we went shit. and installed the seats mm-hmm. and then uninstalled them? I think that's probably where we prob- or somehow got in contact. That could be. That was crazy shit. Yeah, that was cool, though. Like, I, looking back on it, like, it kind of sucks, but, yeah. like, what a cool activity to make a bunch of kids do. I mean, it's, like, it's kind of dumb, but... Um, I think it was a good bonding activity. I kind of had some fun. It was oh, yeah. interesting just to have to hang out with all these band nerds and mm-hmm. screw in chairs all day. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's... Got a bunch of dipshits using power tools and wrapping yeah. each other in plastic, you know? Right. It's a great time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bunch of spazzy band kids. I think that was definitely it. And then when I joined marching band, we kind of like got closer Yeah. at that point. You remember the nickname you gave me? No. Chuckle Tits. Chuckle tits, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said every time I laughed, my tits would chuckle. Or my, uh, my tits would move up and down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was such an asshole, dude. I don't know why anyone put up with me. You had big dick energy, and I fucking loved it. I Yeah, that's all it was. It was just this unbridled confidence. Hell yeah. For no reason at all. Like, I don't know what happened to me and why it worked out, but it did. And I'm glad it did. Hell um, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that definitely fell off real hard after high school. But now I'm like, I feel like I'm gaining some of that back, just not as uh, uh, douchey. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I feel like I'm gaining back, you know, what I lost, kind of. Yeah, that kind of like comfortable being you, extroverted. Because right. like, yeah, in high school, it's that, it's such a weird social hierarchy in high school. Because like when you're a freshman, it's like you're obviously a freshman. It's like, same in college too. It's like you're obviously a freshman because you just, just the way you act, just right. the, just how you, there's this kind of like, over overarching kind of uh common characteristic depending on how old you are in that school um and as you get older you just kind of gain more natural confidence just Mm because you're like well i'm here and those are the people who are down there so obviously i'm just better i guess so yeah maybe that i think that was kind of good for me because i was always a comparing person you know just like well i think we all are but um and to be able to compare yourself to people that you perceive as worse Makes me feel a lot better because I'm a flawed person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, and I just I'm I'm just shitty sometimes. But <laughs> I, you know, what? That's just how it goes. I guess it's just human nature to compare yourself to people. You know. Yeah, like you literally, there's brain structures in your mind that tell you where you are in mm-hmm. society or like in within this context or group, um, and it still survives to this day. So it has some sort of function, obviously. But yeah. Um, and then we would always go over to your house out in the middle of nowhere. It's 15 minutes away from town. Yeah, it is literally down the street, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, as long as you say it's it's 15 minutes from town. Right. Yeah, because from, even from Henry Clay, it was just right down Richmond Road. Yeah. And then you'd just get there. Yeah. 
but the operation celebrations yeah. yeah those are always fun hell yeah yeah your mom always was really cool about you know hosting that and yeah like, was having a good time i lit you on fire there one time yeah you did yeah i was thinking about that the other day actually yeah wow i don't know why or how i know no. we were all shit doing acid or what we thought was acid but i didn't do it that night you didn't do it you no. fell asleep and for some reason i decided to light you on fire Actually, that was the first night I had smoked weed in a long time. Because mm-hmm. um, for some reason, I just didn't for a while. I was just like, eh, not necessary. Because I did like, you know, earlier in high school. And then I was like, eh, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I remember doing it again that night and being really irritated at you all because you all were tripping balls. Like, we weren't balls. even tripping, though. That, I don't think that was real acid. Like, I, I didn't feel a, a thing off of it. Really? I, I took two hits. Connor took three and... The two other people took two hits each, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? That's a little too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to smoke this joint a little bit and chill out. But yeah, you did light me on fire. Yeah, I, I don't know why or how. But I don't think I... I think I was asleep and I didn't wake up either. You did wake up. You woke up screaming. Did I, I really? Like, Shut the fuck up. My mom's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Shut Sorry, the fuck up, you... dude. I don't care if you're on fire. Sorry I lit you on fire, but my mom's asleep. <laughs> no way. That was... Those were always great times. Oh, yeah. yeah Except you're... for Mylon. He always ate flaming Hot Cheetos and got the fucking dust all over the joint. <laughs> Did not appreciate that. <laughs> what a what a characteristic. What what a way for someone to remember you. Yeah. This fucking Hot Cheeto finger-ass motherfucker. <laughs> Nick Morris would eat half the fucking... Bit. We'd get the big box of the like the 50-count little bags of chips and eat half the goddamn thing in one night. Hey man, some munchies. Your mom knew. Your mom smoked weed. She did. Yeah, she knew what was about to happen. <laughs> she knew how to set us up. She didn't mean for us to eat all the all the chips though. It just no, happened that way. It just happens, yeah. but she had to know mm-hmm. a little bit. That if they find these, they're done for. <laughs> yeah. And then just like the sodas, like Connor would open one and take one drink out of it, leave it the whole night, and then go to open a open a new one. I remember one time I actually made him drink the one that was open from the night before and it was the flattest, grossest thing I'd ever seen. Gross. But he fucking drank it. Cause I made him do it. Yeah, you're like, you got to do it. This is your punishment. Yeah, my mom was like, that was a little bit harsh. I think I was like, I don't think so. You also went to JCL, right? I did. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, it was your senior year, my junior year. Oh really? Yeah, I remember because I I listened to one about Danny and uh, he was talking about the weed brownies, throwing them on the roof. Yeah. We thought we were gonna get caught with them. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you made some bomb ass brownies, dude. I remember the exact moment because like remember. Like each morning there was like tests or whatever. Like everyone had to Bullshit go take test, those yeah. tests. Like wow, whatever. It's Latin convention. And I remember I ate one like immediately before that. Like right, just woke up and just ate a brownie. And I was like, all right, time to go take this test. And I did. I was taking the first one. There was like four. You had to take four. Yeah, it was three hours of fucking tests. Like, yeah. What a, what a great time. I remember I took the first one and I, I was still sober. So I took it seriously. And like I really tried. And after that, I was like, whoo, not happening <laughs> this time. I was just like, woo, just making Christmas trees and shit. Just yeah. like, this doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, those are powerful. Man, dude, I would love to get Mr. Gollin on here. That'd be fucking sick. That'd be the most amazing however many hours it turns out to be of my life. Yeah. I went back and like visited him a couple times and just you know hung out and just talked a little bit he's like he's like a super interesting guy like legitimately uh interesting and has 
interesting thoughts and a crazy colorful life mm-hmm. and i'm just like what why do we treat you so poorly i know i feel so bad now because i'm like i treated you like human fucking garbage yeah yeah it's like, like this... i was an asshole to you because i think he was kind of pompous i guess came off a little arrogant mm-hmm. but also like he made that class really fun yeah like intentionally made up a bunch of games sung we sang songs all the time like he tried his damn hardest to make it a fun class and boy did that backfire yeah. like in ways unexpected to him i think um but he's also kind of like a a nefarious soul himself you can tell like he doesn't dislike all the all the bad behavior because right. i think he finds some of it funny i um, think he feeds off of it for sure yeah yeah like he he he's kind of a troll mm-hmm. in some ways but dude is brilliant oh yeah he's yeah just straight up straight up fluently speaks latin just can have conversations in latin with other people like the 19 other people in the world that speak latin yeah just wow what a guy it's really understanding of linguistics and history and all that stuff i'm like and yet i just saw you as this dude with like egg yolk armpits i was just smelly and shit. <laughs> like i was not taking you seriously at all yeah but going back to him i was like man i i'm sorry <laughs> but i was i was always good he always liked me oh see i was a complete asshole really I, yeah after the first two years of high school well i don't know probably the last year senior year i just i was like fuck it i don't care anymore yeah started skipping school and smoking cigarettes and all sorts of shit yeah it happens it happens didn't happen to me though well yeah it totally did i think yeah. me and jared mentioned in our podcast how we would just uh show up to school on time mm-hmm. and then just be like nah yeah sit in the car dipping yeah just like listening to odd future mm-hmm. just dipping and doing nothing we did it together so <laughs> like it was like it was bonding mm-hmm. um yeah i i look back on as you've heard on that podcast i look back on those years very positively i had a great time i had a really good time there were some bad moments and especially not graduating as well that you know kind of fucked me up wait you didn't graduate no well we can talk about that away from the podcast guess my mom listens to it word (laughs) jesus okay um interesting well let's deflect uh what have you been up to recently (laughs) uh recently hmm as i told you i almost died back in june because of diabetic ketoacidosis word i'm a diabetic now type one lost a bunch of weight uh as far as personal shit goes just working dealing with the stupid fucking pandemic um just doing the best i can i guess yeah much as you can do what do you do outside of work what's the first thing you do when you come home uh get home from work take your shoes off you beat your meat fall asleep for a minute you wake up what do you do i mean i i try to beat my meat but it it doesn't work anymore i guess because of diabetes yeah i have erectile dysfunction and uh retrograde ejaculation so whoa i can't come or get a boner so that's cool i can't tell if you're serious right now no i'm completely serious 100 i'm glad you're willing to talk about that but not about not graduating high school <laughs> my mom doesn't know that she doesn't know about the shit in high school okay okay <laughs> um but well, well i don't it's already out there she's gonna ask whenever 
this premieres, so... Yeah, if she listens to it, she'll probably hear it. And yeah. Whatever. Honestly, it's probably a good time to confront that. Why not? Why does it even matter it's at this point? It's been six years, you know, gotta do it. Yeah, it's like, what, what are you hiding from, you know? Well, I lied to her about me not graduating. I said it was because of too many referrals or something. Because I had gotten a bunch of referrals throughout the year, senior year. Yeah. Um, then she found that out, that found that that wasn't true. So uh, I basically just told her that I didn't pass English, so I couldn't graduate. And I was supposed to be doing it over Plato the whole summer. I had half a credit, maybe, at the most. That yeah. That kept me from graduating. Didn't do it. Um, lied to the counselor about it, lied to my parents about it. Um, they thought I graduated, and so I got one of my friends to copy his diploma, like the high school diploma, put my name on it in the same font and everything, and get a copy of it. And that's what they have hanging up in my old room to this day. Damn. Next time I go over there, I'll get a picture for you. Just to, That's just... some real imposter shit right there. <laughs> that's some real dumb shit, yeah. Um... I feel bad about it, but... Yeah, honestly, Sandy, if you hear this, sorry. But, um, <laughs> really, you should just fucking confront that. Like, it's, yeah. it's way gone and, like, easy fix, too. Like, if you need it, then you can get a GED or whatever, and it's like... Right. Boom, well, like, I, I thought that would be the best thing to do is get my GED and then present that to them, and they'd be like, what the hell? And then be like, I didn't graduate high school like you thought, but I got my GEDs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. At this point, it's like, yeah, why, fuck, why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've done nothing with my life so far anyway, so it's not changing anything. Yeah, I mean, and like, there's, there's just nothing really to hide from, I don't think. Like, what mm -hmm. are they going to do? Like, beat the shit out of you or something? <laughs> like, what, what are they going to do? She'd be disappointed in me, which would be the worst part. That's yeah. always bad when your parents say that, but... Right, but when it's... are they... When are your parents not disappointed at this point, right? <laughs> like, my mom's always... Not disappointed, but just like, damn, you underperformed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and that's just parents, you know. But see, if they say you underperform, that doesn't hit the same as I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're Asian. That's true. I've, I've never been Asian, so I can't account for that. <laughs> no, I've never been told that I underperformed. That's like a weird... Well, not by your mom, probably by one of your lovers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> only context I've ever heard that in. You know, it's like you underperformed. Thanks you, thank you for being honest, though. Thank you. I'll um, give you best thirty seconds of your life, <laughs> right? Of my life. Um. So yeah, what do you do outside of work? What what's the what's your actions? You, you sleep eight hours, you work eight hours, you got another eight hours five times a week plus twenty four hours twice a week. What else do you do to take up your time? I like to go to thrift shops and shit. I know that sounds hipster, but I don't know. I really like collecting VHS tapes and cassette tapes, old media, shit like that. Um, Where do you go to, typically? Goodwill, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, Goodwill's so good. Yeah. There's so much stuff you can find at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, old-fashioned and shit, too. Like, I, like I've got a bunch of button-ups and shit from the 80s and 90s that are just cool shit you wouldn't see nowadays or it's making a comeback but it's different now yeah um, there's something about it being like older too just having that wear and tear on it exactly. that like gives it some character mm -hmm. and it being at goodwill it's like oh i wonder how many times this has been at goodwill yeah like what's your story <laughs> right you know? yeah it's like how it's like could seeing I... a cool stranger or something yeah yeah how can i trace this back yeah you can't but there's some vibe with that you know there's some mm -hmm. energy associated with the with those clothing so right yeah and uh, other than that i've gotten back into video games recently um 
nothing too crazy. I don't do like the new shit or whatever. Just kind of shit's been around for six, seven years now. I'll download it because I never yeah. got around to it. Um, Are you on PC? PS4. Oh, word. Mm-hmm. Same. I don't play online or anything. Yeah. Just, you know, download shit, play it. Have you played Spider Man? No, not yet. Bruh. I don't know if I do I have that. Did I let someone borrow it? Um. Oh, dude. Play this shit. Sorry. Just fucking throw it at me. That game is incredible. I've heard. It's I've really good. Play that shit. All right. It is so good. Like you'll literally. I remember. Um, it was a couple years ago when it came out, but I got really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, one. It was weird. I was wor- working as a medical scribe, and I just got all these chills, and all of a sudden, and then, um, yeah, I go home, and I literally, like, just, I'm shivering. Like, I sweat just for three days straight, just, like, I had strep throat. I had probably the flu at the same time. Like, oh, I couldn't move, dude. Like, every 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 inch I moved, it was just just going through my body and just pain all around. I couldn't eat could hardly drink anything so i just sat in my bed and sweat for three days straight and then i was like starting to feel a little better so i had someone take me to a red box and like i was like i just need something what can i do i need i need something to do because i was literally just in bed like i couldn't do anything so i was like all right i can muster up the energy to move my fingers a little bit so i rented spider-man and played that shit literally for 48 hours straight like I, i just like fell asleep a few times yeah but that's all I did. I just a hundred percented it. It was so, but like not just because I was bored, but because like that's a good ass game. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of things to keep you busy, but also like the play, the the, the play style and like all that stuff. It's just so super smooth and yeah, it's good. You'll like it. See, I think that's a big thing with video games too that I like is. I've just recently gotten into hundred percenting stuff. Like that is a whole different ball game than just beating the game. Yeah. Um, but like when you get everything there is to do, sure it takes a lot of time and sure it gets boring after a while, but in the end it's super rewarding. Yeah, I mean whole teams of developers make things for a reason. Mm-hmm. And like creating games is not just about like you know, you know, just spending time. It's like people put real effort and like you know their own artistic personalities into these games so you can explore it right so um there's a documentary series on netflix called uh like high score i think mm-hmm. yeah have you seen it i haven't seen it but i've heard about oh, it. oh dude watch it it's really good all right um just kind of goes into a philosophy of how those they're all old you know like super mario sonic um atari those like older games but mm-hmm. like the philosophy behind it and like how they conceptualized it and like why it would they were so successful um so yeah like game creation isn't just like just this thing that you do mindlessly but like people really put their heart and soul into games mm-hmm. or sometimes like there are some games you play you're just like meh like uh goat simulator have you ever played that i have yeah i played it today for the first time i don't fucking get it i uh, it's just meant to be silly and you play it for 30 minutes you're like uh-huh Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's it. Like, I want something to get, but there is nothing to get out that, of it. Yeah, exactly. It was just like we're gonna make this silly thing, and some dudes were like, "Ha ha ha!" Mm-hmm. It's good. Like, but there's probably it's probably just like a physics engine, and some obstacles, right? And you're a goat. But see, even like something like uh, what is it, Untitled Goose Game? That didn't make any sense, but it also did make a lot of sense. You know, like it. I was, don't know what that is. You haven't played it? No. Oh. 
Well, it's not out on PS4 yet, but really, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're a goose, and you kind of just walk around, fucking with people, doing, doing goose stuff. shit, doing goose shit. Yeah, yeah. because you know geese are fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, I I always enjoyed games like Spider Man or like Red Dead or those kind of like open world, just kind of mm-hmm. experience this kind of games because as long as they're well made, at least. But I haven't played video games for like a month or two now because I was definitely in a deep rabbit hole of video game addiction, Mm -hmm. especially during Corona or during like the big quarantining and all that. Even leading up to it, like I have a severe addiction to competitive games. Right. And only really sports games, to be honest. Like I'd played my fair share of 2K and um, it doesn't like I don't. I don't care about like leveling up my character, like getting this character. It's like I just want to play against someone and beat yeah. the shit. I want to make them quit. There's no better feeling in the world than when you just like you're beating someone's ass and you just like the the screen goes blank and it's like your opponent has left the match. Like oh my god, that's <laughs> great. That is better than sex. Like oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and then I was playing NHL with my boys, and that's always just a really fun game to play with your friends, just because like so fast paced it's so competitive mm-hmm. um that's that's the real pitfall for me and with games is like i get so worked up like really worked up when it comes to competitive games and um i want nothing more to make the than to make the other person feel as bad as possible because <laughs> it's a personal thing at some point like it's not even about playing it's just like i want to make you feel really bad and then and that's it <laughs> it's like well, see, I'm I'm kind of the complete opposite, I guess, then, because I like to play solo stuff, and then if I can't win a race or do something right, then I get frustrated, and I will smash controllers. Really? I'm bad about that. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I... When I lose in competitive games, I'm a very good loser. Like, I don't... If someone's better than me, then it's like, you're just better than me. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not like I just take that and try it. I take that rage and just apply it to the next person. It's like, I'm going to... it's like i that's just my approach to competitive games is just like i i want no excuses either something that i sometimes you play with people and like it's really easy to blame the game for Mm -hmm. stuff but it's like you you have to play within this game uh and the rules are very you know like once you get on once you understand especially in sports games there's a lot of like laggy stuff there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really move together correctly um but you can figure that out like and at, and at some point like i don't like to make any excuses like because i just i'm just competitive mm. it's like i just want i want to win on based off of my skill more than anything it's like i'm trying to prove something to myself more than anyone but sometimes you play with people that blame other stuff too much and i'm just like man <laughs> yeah you sucking is not the fault of the the yeah. tight controls on this game right know? and it's like i i always just blame it on myself yeah. i'm always just like that's me that's my fault um which makes winning feel better i think yeah because it makes me like you know oh like i'm in there doing this mm-hmm. um and see i've gotten better about not smashing controllers anymore like especially <laughs> since ps4 controllers cost like 50 dollars. yeah like, for real okay i can't can't do that i'll but, find something else to smash yeah right I'll just punch a hole in the wall. That's cheaper. Yeah, thing. right. Some drywall. It's like what, fifteen bucks. Yeah, all right, worth it. Um, but twenty holes later, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, gotta find something constructive to smash. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but I was getting really, really in a weird spot with games where it was mm-hmm. just so addicting. It's like I just that's all I wanted to do, and it just became this huge time sink for me. And I would I'd feel just bad about it too. I'd just be like, I'm not doing anything with my life. Uh, which was true, especially during quarantine. I was like just working, coming home, getting high, playing video games, and like being able to justify it because like, well, there's a pandemic, and it's right. like we have to stay inside. I can't go and do anything. Um, and but I'm and I'm still working and risking my life, and like there's a lot of that that factored in that's not like illegitimate. Mm-hmm. But um, after a while, it's just like a really bad cycle for me personally. It's just like I can't just keep doing the same bullshit over and over. Yeah, and it's like I'm not even like. I'm not super great at these games either. It's not like I have like some career or like something that's going to take me somewhere. It's like, no, I kind of tend to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Yeah. And, um, that's just, that's just me. So I was like, all right. So I literally put down the controller one day. I haven't picked it up since. And, um, it's cold Turkey. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I understand that too, because I like, I had bought a PS4 sometime last year and didn't pick it up until about th- two, three months ago um, for the first time. So it was just covered in wow. a layer of dust. Yeah. I was I just got it for a really good deal. It was like, you can't pass one up for 60 bucks that works and everything. So yeah. I got it. And then it was like, well, I'm, I haven't played it or anything. Just like a, a, my Wii U, I've had it for two years now and I've never plugged the thing in. I know wow. it works, but I've never fucking played it's it. never even had the initiative to do no. it word well yeah dude that spider-man game will floor you how good it is it's just like such a great experience and like that's sometimes i think about playing video games again it's like i'll I'll eventually get back to it because i i like the competition Mm -hmm. and all that but i was like man if i'm gonna play a video game right now i would just want something casual that's just like just do this thing like play the story immerse yourself and don't worry about destroying another person's day Mm -hmm. because like that's what I like to do. I like to talk shit yeah. directly at people. And um, especially when I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. And it's, ooh, it's such a good feeling. It's too good, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like cocaine. Uh, yeah. See, see that, 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 that know. <laughs> that's my problem, right? Is like, that's how, that's how much I endear that emotion is that like, I make, I'm comparing it to like cocaine and sex and like, legitimately sometimes it feels like that where i'm just like winning is just a great feeling oh yeah i don't care what it is Mm -hmm. but like when you objectively win in a game and like these games aren't like easy either well it depends on who you're playing as well like Mm -hmm. if if you beat a shitty team like whatever but if you play a really competitive game it's like wired like just balls to the wall the whole time Mm -hmm. and you pull it out and you win just like oh (laughs) i just want to scream you know, we'll see with that. It's almost like uh, like older video games are a lot harder, too. There was less continues and everything. Yeah. With video games nowadays, there's save points everywhere. And, you know, they're holding your hand the whole way through it. Yeah. But yeah. You go back to the NES or the Super Nintendo or something. And now you pretty much had to beat that all in one one sitting or. Yeah. You didn't beat it at all. Right. You really you were battling yourself kind of like your own concentration. Right. Or like, or like something like Guitar Hero, where it's like completely skill based. Yeah. Like, there's always a way to get better at it, cause like, unless, until you 100 percent it, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, did it. Well, they even made an achievement for it at some point in time that was like beat the the entire game all in one sitting without pausing to go pee or eat or anything. I'm like, 
I don't have the time to play guitar here for six hours straight. You know? Yeah, no way. Yeah, that's like that's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah Seems almost like an obsession at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I and I get I get what you're saying with the gameplay. It's like much less uh, difficult to play, but also mm-hmm. you know it's like, man, people got to get off that shit too. Yeah. You know, because um, it's so easy just to like spend all your time playing video games. Right. And like at some to some extent, you know, it's like, yeah, it's good to de-stress. It's good to like have something to focus on. Um, but damn, like what an what an easy thing to just like kind of fall into. Mm-hmm. When so like I've been trying to like read more, or like exercise and go on walks and just do this podcast. You know, just other things, just anything else, please. <laughs> you know, because. I get really trippy about like getting in habits, mm-hmm. like especially bad ones. I'm just like, oh, this feels weird. Like it makes me feel like this existential dread of like, you know, when's my next dose gonna be? Right. So, and this podcast is nice because it's just it's different every time. Yeah. So like it's not always the same. Like I could sit here and talk to anybody. Oh, like just like, well, maybe not the same person. Like that would kind of get weird lose you just lose things to talk about too (laughs) you just like would not be able to keep it up but um it's always just a constantly different person a new perspective a new idea so this is something i see myself doing for a much longer time Mm -hmm. yeah do you listen to any other podcasts yeah i was going to talk to you about that earlier actually um i listened to one called why i hate this album which is really cool it's two guys in their like uh mid-30s that listen to a popular album for a week and then uh, just tear the shit out of it track by track for like an hour and a half huh. every week. It's super fascinating and they have some good jokes and everything in it. Um, are they just, are they musicians or are they just like just plain just critics? People? Yeah, yeah. Just like two dudes that can riff. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. And they've got, yeah, some of the best jokes on there. Uh, and then another one called your favorite band sucks. I kind of got out of it cause it was just, it's too vitriolic almost. It's like there's tearing the band to shreds, but it's almost it's almost mean spirited after a certain point. It's yeah. not funny. Um, yeah, because there's a difference between like doing it for the sake of humor and doing it to try to like hurt somebody. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I don't know. I got a little personal because they did like Nirvana and Billy Joel and stuff, and I was like, whoa, 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 let's back it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like come on, at least make just make jokes, not personal attacks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but after that, um, I don't think I listen anymore other than yours now. Um, H three podcast, listen to that sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay for the most part. Now that I think about it, I don't listen to very many. I listen to Joe Rogan's. Praise up to podcast Jesus right there. <laughs> um, I've been listening to books more recently, actually, because like. I suck at reading, mm-hmm. like just historically, I've just been bad at it. And uh, so I downloaded Audible and decided, like, what if I just listen to books? And like, it's way easier for me to intake books when I'm listening, especially when the author's reading it, because right. like they read it in a way that they want you to understand, and like you can tell. Um, and then it made me realize, like, why can't I read? Why am I so bad at reading? <laughs> and I was like, oh, because I read too fast, right? Like it's just so 
it's always just been like a read it, get it done kind of attitude. It's like, right. I can read fast. Yeah, sure. I can read words in any order and just give them to me. And then it's, your eyes are yeah. here and your mind's three pages back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or my mind's completely somewhere else. You know, I'm just reading. <laughs> That's on the last book you read. Right, exactly. Is so, this podcast sponsored by Audible? I wish. <laughs> there are zero sponsors to this bitch. Um, I can work on that for you. That'd be rad. <laughs> I don't know anyone that would sponsor this podcast, but... Um, we'll find somebody. Yeah, eventually. I've been thinking about, like, I should just do it, just, like, making up some ads, just, like, writing some jokes or something. Yeah, absolutely. Just be like, you know... Brought to you by Don Dish Soap. And I, I don't know. I can't make some stuff on the spot. I'm not that funny. Don Dish Soap. That's the blue soap that saves baby ducks. There we go. And penguins too, right? And penguins. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but fuck pigeons. Yeah, fuck pigeons. Yeah, we're not going to clean any pigeons with Don no. Dish Soap. No. They're dirty as it is. Yeah. Them. They're just going to go back out into the street and get dirty. Exactly. So, they're going to yeah. shit all over everything. They they're, they're just small geese That's they, all they choose are. to get dirty penguins have their land destroyed by oil rigs yeah we got to help them pigeons fuck off penguins are just trying to have a good time slide on their bellies hatch some eggs pigeons and geese fuck them we don't need them it's weird to think that penguins hatch from eggs for some reason to me because like birds. they're birds right but they yeah. don't seem like birds to me that's fair yeah they seem like kind of a they're like a yeah. weird cross between like a human and an otter. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. With like bird properties. Yeah. With beaks. So yeah, they, they're very kind of chunky and like human-like in a way. But they come out of eggs. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. weird. That's a weird thing. Well, do you think they should like do live birth then? I don't think... I think they should do whatever feels best for them. <laughs> but I could totally see a, 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 a penguin giving birth to a penguin. I think it'd I be think. cooler if penguins, like just penguins, just made babies out of thin air. Like they just fucking... I could see a penguin vomiting a baby. I mean, that works too, but just could you imagine it just coming out of nothingness? I mean, you know, that's how our world was created, right? Exactly. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior. Praise be to the penguin gods. There we go. Um... Yeah, no, it just seems weirdly not intuitive that penguins come out of eggs for some reason. I, I, I feel like they'd have to be really big eggs. They are. They fit, like, in their little area down there. They How many eggs do they lay, though? Is it just one? I'm pretty sure it's just one at a time. Oh, okay. See, that makes a little more sense. See, why have the egg egg part, then? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that birds have eggs, but also most reptiles have eggs. Like, they're two different kinds of animals, but they both have eggs. Yeah. Doesn't that seem weird to you? I mean, humans have eggs, too, if you think about it. It's just that they hatch inside. Yeah, if babies came out in a big, hard shell, that'd be fucking weird. That'd be rad, honestly. I'd be all about that. Like a human hatchimal? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's its own gender reveal party, so we don't have to burn down any forest for it. Okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. I right. like that idea. Yeah, yeah. right? It's it's. A, is a natural gender reveal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, don't don't wait. Just wait for the egg to hatch, and yeah. you'll know, right? Gender reveal parties are fucking insane. Yeah. I didn't know such a thing existed until a few years ago. Yeah, it's like, what's the big deal? I'd rather be a surprise. I like surprises. Um, So, I'd rather wait to the very last second. I hate when people 
I don't hate it, but it's just like people get you a gift or something and they'll be like, oh, and I'll tell you what it is. I was like, don't you dare tell me what it is. Yeah. Like, save that. Save yeah. that. I don't want to know because if you tell me now before you give me the gift, now the, the get getting the gift isn't going to be as good. Mm-hmm. So I just want to wait to the last moment to know what anything is. No, one of my friends is like that. And my roommate, too. They're like, uh, well, they'll get the present in for Christmas in November or October or something. Be like, I can't wait. I want to tell you what it is. And I'm like, it's two months away. Please don't fucking tell me what it is. I don't yeah. want to know. Yeah, it's like, just save it. Like, it's going to be better Yeah. when it's just like, just like be patient. It's mm-hmm. okay. You know. That's great that you can't wait. I can. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I can. I don't know what it is. So please. Give me that gift of not knowing. Yeah. Please. The ignorance is great. I'm going to forget about this tomorrow, so just don't tell me. Yeah, just let it be a special thing. See, gender review, it's like, why why put so much effort and, you know, I don't know. I guess people just want any excuse to party. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what it is. Any excuse to get people together to have a little party so you can shoot off some colored whatever. Yeah. The last one I went to was actually... um, at a softball field and they had a, a baseball filled with uh, pink dust or whatever. And so their first daughter hit the ball and it busted and it was like, Oh, it's a girl or whatever, which it's creative. Sure. But it's like, I, there's just no need in it. And then the one before that was just a, a cake, which I think is, if you're going to do one, at least do it something big, something unique, you know, don't yeah. just kind of do a cake and Oh, it's pink. It's a girl. So fucking yeah. what? Yeah, it's kind of kind of lame. Make it all spiders. I can't believe you. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be a fucking spider. That's that's interesting at least. Make it all fingers. Yeah. What kind of baby's coming out? <laughs> I don't know. It's got fingers. <laughs> got this finger cake. <laughs> Gross. I can't believe you've been to two gender reveal parties. I've not. I haven't been to a single one, and I hope that stays at zero for the rest of my life. For your sake, I hope it does too. If You're someone invites stupid. me to a gender reveal party, I'll probably be like. You know what? Fuck your kid. I don't. We're not friends. Anymore. If someone invites you, you should go and find out before everybody and ruin the surprise. <laughs> All right. Four Chan did that with uh, the last Harry Potter book, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. They um, because according to time zones, you know, everything was kind of scattered in terms of the, like the release of the final book. Mm-hmm. But I guess Four Chan had this forum of people that were just like, "All right, everyone, pick a page and read it as soon as you can get it," and then find the spoiler so then like they found what it was so like later on when they were having um whatever harry potter releases somebody would just go with a megaphone and be like snape kills dumbledore (laughs) (laughs) everyone everyone gets real pissed i I don't think it happened that much but like wow way to root way to just take all joy out of anybody's you know fun yeah what a horrible place 4chan was and still is still exists but like not nearly as bad or not nearly as much i'm on reddit i'm not on 4chan i've not ventured into that yet yeah no i i've tried to stay away from both of those actually because they're such pitfalls (laughs) but then like i'm still on like facebook and twitter and shit oh yeah see i'm not on face i'm on instagram and snapchat and reddit and that's it yeah yeah see i need to consolidate my social media down to just twitter because um twitter's a place for jokes mm-hmm. and it's very obviously so yeah trump's on there yeah exactly <laughs> right trump gets it like he's out here just just doing the most for real but like um 
Yeah, I in terms of social media, that's where I that's where I go to find out what people think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's way way easier on Twitter because you're limited in your how much you can say. Right. Because on Facebook, you try to think, go find what people think about stuff, and you have to read a goddamn novel while you're scrolling through all the mom jokes and yeah. memes and everything. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, that's a little too much. Mm-hmm. I mean. I had this discussion last podcast with Jessica about like how it's not going away, you know, like social media is not going away. And like, we obviously know that it's, it can be bad for you. Right. So like, how do you approach it now? So it's, you gotta, cause social media is very valuable. Like it's a great tool. It's a great thing to have in your arsenal to use, but mm-hmm. it's a really bad obsession to have because it's, it stops being about you using the, platform it starts being about the platform using you to sell you stuff right so at the risk of sounding cliche social media has made society the most unsocial thing my dad calls it unsocial media yeah because uh it it dilutes face-to-face arguments Mm -hmm. or like it i think there's going to be kind of like an awakening to that here soon i think it's going to be pretty soon too like i hope so um I, I really hope so too, but uh, we're all kind of, there's a lot of data being researched about social media and the, the longer it's around, the more accountable it's going to be have to, or like, we're going to hold it more accountable for certain things. But especially as younger people in our generation in particular kind of grow up and, you know, see what its effects are. I think we're going to kind of wise up and be like, all right, so it is not good to spend eight hours a day on social media yeah right yeah we kind of we figured that out yeah mm-hmm. um but it's like you were talking about with danny i mean it's just like texting or social media either one you can't convey the same emotion or facial expressions or anything through social media you know? right but with with the face-to-face interaction this podcast or just talking to someone face-to-face you know being an adult about it that's you actually get to see the person see their reaction and everything yeah and also, but like, that's not to say that like the written word is less communicative than, you know, face to face conversation because we all still right. read books, mm-hmm. right? And like books have lots of good ideas and thoughts behind them. It's just that they're work. Like it's a lot of work to read a book. Oh, yeah. And um, people don't want to put in work to gain knowledge like mm-hmm. that. Like it's way easier to see a video or some condensed, you know, two minute, 10 second version of the whole story. Right. Um, and hopefully we kind of wise up to it and realize like, hey, you know, this is not how the world is, actually. Uh, this is a very distorted view of everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of catastrophizing everything. Just like it, this is like cable news is the same thing. Um, have you seen Anchorman 2? No, I've only seen the first one. Oh, my God. Anchorman 2 was genius, in my opinion, because they like... Uh, you know, it's Anchorman, so it's silly and it's funny, but, like, uh, there's a point, because it's set in, like, the 70s, mm-hmm. where uh, there's this point where, like, somebody's, this woman on the Anchorman news team, whatever, is interviewing, like, a world leader about certain oppressive, whatever, wars and whatnot, but then, like, uh, there's, like, a car chase happening, and they're, like, oh, cut away to the car chase, and they're, like, oh, look at that. Uh, he's going through and like all their viewers go up way high and like no one wants to listen to the actual real like 
you know serious thing that's happening they just yeah. want to see this car chase mm-hmm. and i was like wow okay so yeah because like what is the point of uh news medias it's not to like convey news it's to get viewers and like you know make money mm-hmm. it's, it's just a, it's a money-making machine so they play on people's values what do people value or not even values like what do people find interesting and it's all like the crazy shit People want to see crazy, like, perceive something as, like, way out of proportion as to what it actually is. Like, Mm -hmm. car chases happen every day, right? Uh, And, like, it's exciting and thrilling, but it's just, like, why is that news? Yeah. Like, that's not not information. That's not anything that's going to mean anything. It's just entertainment. Yeah. Just, Uh, like, uh, celebrities gossip, celebrity gossip versus actual news that's happening, you know? Yeah, I, I hate that that has to be the way it is. Or like one thing that's always bothered me is how the I know they're trained to do it, but like the news anchors will go from something serious like oh, three babies were murdered to uh, something happy like three puppies were adopted. You know, yeah. Like, how, yeah. how do you how do you do that? You know. Yeah, it's like why? What are you? How is the narrative being manipulated to like cater to people? Right, and it's like. Is that what we need? Is that what we... It's just like... Because what sells is not necessarily what is good Mm -hmm. always. Especially when you're like selling to the lowest common denominator of people. It's just like, yeah, you're going to go with the most, you know... It's like why Mari is still on TV. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, God. Like Jerry Springer. I was like, there's a reason why those are on TV. It's because people like that shit. Mm -hmm. It's because they, for some reason, find value in a in a in like what 10 minutes of a dispute that you get to see between two people yeah and like you are not the father great now and i think it's it's a it's a fucked up form of like virtue signaling in a, in a way is when you broadcast people that are obviously bad mm-hmm. like it kind of gives you this sense of goodness about yourself it's like well i don't do that at least i'm not on mari it's like <laughs> Yeah, sure, but you're sitting here watching Mari. Like, yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> you're just as bad in a different way. Yeah, it's like it's just like, it, but it gives people a sense of, um, I guess, safety and comfort within themselves, which is an issue. Which is like an issue that's really hard to address because it's so natural. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like that's what humans do. So we seek out who is below us so we can put them down to make us feel better about ourselves. Yeah, that's natural. So. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. Well, I never thought about that, but you're right. It's almost like uh, self-shaming or human shaming in a way instead of uh, white or like human guilt instead of white guilt, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got a really good point there. One sec. All right, we're back. Um, you mentioned something about white privilege. I don't know. I can't remember what. So it's surrounding like it. human guilt almost feeling like white guilt, you know, just being a human. Yeah, or white guilt. Sucks. Yeah. Guilt is one of those emotions that you see a lot more of now these days. And um, you see it in white people a lot. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting because I'm very familiar with the, <laughs> the emotion of guilt being a, a Japanese boy. Or shame, I guess, is a, is a more accurate term. But guilt is really interesting. It's like, a, once again, it's not a completely worthless emotion. I'm not going to dismiss it because guilt kind of like wakes you up in a sense and like, you should feel guilty for things that you do that are wrong. Oh yeah. But it's like when everything that you do is contextualized by this idea of privilege 
and you feel guilty about every single circumstance in your life, like I think it changes people and it makes people way more uh, fragile in mm-hmm. a sense. Which is like, I don't want, like, I don't think anyone wants want white people to feel bad constantly because they're born white. Um, actually, I'm positive about that. That's not what people want. Um, but there's like this weird phenomenon going on where it's like, okay to be racist to white people it's okay to shame white people especially straight white men like it's just totally okay to shit on them in every capacity Mm -hmm. because they have so much privilege and they should feel guilty or whatever like i'm like man that's like not the point that any of this is trying to you know communicate right like the whole social justice idea it's like i don't feel like it should be guilt as much as it is awareness you know like be aware that you are or you have done wrong, not that you're necessarily doing wrong now, but like you have done wrong and you know, you should feel a little bit of guilt, I guess, but not, don't let that overwhelm you and don't make that your personality trait that you're guilty for being a white person. Yeah. And like, it's not even that uh, anything was done wrong. Like white people can't help being white, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think there needs to be some more nuanced discussion about how we toss around these ideas of white guilt and white privilege and all this other stuff. Cause it's like, I think we're going to, we're sowing some seeds of real anxiety in white people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That can kind of manifest in weird ways and they're often not productive. I don't know how you feel like you don't, to me, don't seem like someone who suffers from white guilt that much. Like you're pretty level headed rational in in many ways like i said i'm I'm aware of it but and and it's a little bit of guilt but it's not an overwhelming amount of yeah like hey my ancestors did wrong or whatever i know they did wrong i can't change that all i can do is you know be better for the future whatever yeah 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 i think there needs to be more of just like acknowledging it right um and this topic has come up a couple times about like white knight syndrome this idea that you have to correct things Mm -hmm. or um that you have to be like this knight in shining armor that can fix everything just by being you or doing a certain thing it's like uh nothing that any average white person that does is gonna change much Mm -hmm. of anything right it's not necessarily about the actions that you do, but it's just like how you carry yourself in general mm-hmm. after acknowledging that you have privileges in certain ways. And um, I, I think it's, and where, where there's problems is when people don't acknowledge it. When people like white privilege isn't real. Yeah. It's like, oh, pump the brakes a little bit. Right. No, it's like, definitely real. Right. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, cause I, I respect the argument against white privilege I think it's very necessary and you hear it a lot from like these super right-wing people that are like you know this idea of white guilt is is horrible it's like it, yeah it is for mm-hmm. these points that you point out for sure but don't say it doesn't exist or like don't say that the privilege doesn't exist like it's there it's always there it's there i don't know how to quantify it or to really like nail it down but like it's definitely there we can all kind of feel that vibe um so when people deny it i think is when the problem arises Mm -hmm, for sure yeah and then you think about why do people deny it 
Why do people deny their own privilege, that they have privilege in general? Well, because it's circumstantial, right? It's like they had nothing to do with, no one has anything to do with the privilege that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, being able-bodied is a privilege. There are people that are born, you know, that aren't able to use certain parts of their body or aren't able to do this or that. Um, yeah, I can't use my penis. I can't use my pancreas, you know? All right, yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's like not a great... So, like, people that can are, like, privileged in that way. Mm-hmm. But, like... But I'm, you, like, I'm not going to be mad at you because you can use your penis, you know, and your pancreas you're works right, just yeah, fine. Yeah, just all the P's work on me. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, what's what's the use of tiptoeing around all of that? I think uh, it's either Oscar Wilde or some other author has um, a book about this kind of like dystopian society where like everyone is equalized on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're really attractive or something, like they'll make you wear like a bag over your head all the time. Or um, Oh, I know the book you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but... Yeah, I've only heard about it in passing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're tall, they'll make you, like, squat or, like, put this apparatus on you that makes you shorter. Yeah. And um, just everyone has to be equal. And, like, the idea of equality, like, taken to the extreme is actually, like, horrible. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really bad. Um, I think about that sometimes, just being like, so what's the... What's the point, or not what's the point, but like what's the end goal of acknowledging privilege and racism and all this stuff? It's like, what's the end goal? And like, to be fair, I think everyone is just like, well, we just want equal opportunity for everyone. We want everyone to keep their diversity, but also not be, you know, limited in society to pursue things that they want to do. But it's hard to like, you know, separate the two. Right. Um, so are we looking for a total equality between everyone? I don't know. Like, is that a good thing? It, as an idea, it is. But it's so such a far-off, weird idea that's hard to actually, you know, like, even think of. Like, It's like the idea of infinity. You can't really understand infinity. Mm-hmm. We can't really understand total equality either. Yeah. Like, we would never be able to understand the, the repercussions of it. So that's why we look to like, you know, authors and artists to kind of give us an idea. But even then, that's only just a tiny fragmented idea of someone else's imagination. So how are we going to actually conceptualize what equality is? Um, Yeah, I mean, would it would it be great? Absolutely. But I don't know. I feel like the, the main argument people have is obviously black versus white and then women versus men as far as women making less than men do typically um i don't know how to fix the situation but i i acknowledge that it's wrong yeah and you know now the more that i think about it i don't think it's necessarily about coming up with a solution that's gonna end it like i think it's more about the 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 journey or like the the deliberate actions taken to, you know, show that we as humans are empathic. Because, mm-hmm. like, like, we are very empathetic creatures. Like, we feel each other's pain. Like, we acknowledge each other. I mean, like, when people are far off, it's harder to do it. Like, I don't give a fuck about some peasant in Russia that's starving. Or it's like, not that I don't give a fuck, but I can't, like, empathize with it as yeah. much 
it's like say if i saw you like begging for money on the streets i'd be like oh no way like that would hurt me yeah like emotionally it would hurt you but then you take a picture and put it on instagram right i know absolutely just not. <laughs> that's not my approach yeah um so like maybe it's more about this kind of like continual process where we are there's there's like always going to be a battle somewhere about equality like there's the work is never done no absolutely and can it can never be done mm-hmm. and i don't think the point is to be done i think the point is to there's always like a, a battle between like what's established and what's new and um we can't always just have what was the same, what is established, because that will eventually just crumble into nothing. Mm-hmm. But we can't also always have constant new ideas being just brought forth and implemented because we might end up getting rid of stuff that really worked in the past. Right. So it's always like this constant battle between like, you know, what has been and what it will be. And uh, I think it's necessary. It's like really necessary to have this constant battle because it um like propels us forward in ways that we don't we could never conceptualize in the moment but we see later in the future Mm -hmm. um yeah so maybe it's like not about the end goal at all maybe it's just like humanity and humans way of like constantly progressing but like for what it's not about the destination it's about the journey exactly mm-hmm. to prolong this journey that we all collectively kind of like fall under um because the work will never be done there's always going to be some sort of inequality somewhere you can't make equality for everyone because it's just not practical mm-hmm. and i mean some people are just born better than other people or some people are just born worse than other people like yeah. there's some sort of genetic variation that you can't get rid of so Maybe it is good to have that constant battle where it's always just like we're striving for something better. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't about race and equality, it'd be about something else. You know, it'd be it'd be some other thing that we define as a problem. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Just thinking about that has kind of made me lighten up on my idea about the whole dichotomy between that. Because it's weird to be like, no, this is the right answer. Mm hmm. And to be like, this is it. This is correct. We're always going to do this. Like, ah, that's... <laughs> things change. You know, stuff like the internet comes around and just breaks everything that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, technology happens and we just have to adjust to that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it's just a cyclic thought in my mind. Yeah. That's no. all this thing is... That's all this podcast is for. It's just like, how do I think... What do I even think? I don't know what I think sometimes. I know everybody, like I told I was going to be on here. I thought I was going to be on here. Um, this keep, keeps asking me like, well, what's the, what, what are they, what do you talk about? What's the topic and everything? I'm like, anything and everything. There's no defined yeah. topic for it. They're just like, oh, okay. I'm like, I don't, that's not, I don't, yeah. it's not so hard to understand. Like you can, it's just like talking with a friend. You can talk about anything. Yeah. And sometimes when you just talk with your friend, um, not that you can't just talk about anything, because like when you have good friends, you can really sit there and talk and vibe and back and forth with it. But uh, there's always the risk of like you know getting distracted by your phone or like you've got other things on your mind, this and that going on. Mm-hmm. But like when you're here with the objective of like I'm gonna talk into this microphone 
and listen to you your voice in these headphones like it takes on a different kind of energy where we're more obligated to the conversation than we otherwise would be without it absolutely yeah i can see that so it's like i have good friends that i see a lot but sometimes we fall into pitfalls of like I mean, sit there and in silence, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. Like that's how you know you have a good friend is when you can sit there and just in complete silence and just be comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't make for great content. Yeah, that's for sure. But on the same degree, I also appreciate the fact that you and I haven't seen each other for five years now, and yeah. it's, we, we've picked up right where we left off. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, sure, there's five years of stuff we need to catch up on, but at the same time, we are pretty much at the same level we were back then. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because at some level, I mean, that's the only, like, conceptualization I have of you is what we had before, so. What we had. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, let's just start back right there and see what happens. So, yeah, I think there's there's really something to this environment, at least. Um, and I think it's a good thing. It's hard, and sometimes I feel bad telling people I have a podcast. What's it about? It's like, uh... It's about me. <laughs> it's just just me. Um, but it's not also. It's also about whoever I have on. Mm-hmm. But ultimately for me, I found that this is how I understand or like this is how I kind of like put the pieces of the puzzle of my mind together. It's by bouncing them off of other people and just like seeing how it goes. Cause, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I can read all day and I can like learn all these things, but. I still have questions and like it it helps to have other people's perspectives into forming that into like a real cohesive understanding of what I actually know Mm -hmm. because there's so many things that I think I know but if I bring it up with someone else then I'll get a new perspective on it it's like I relearned it somehow yeah so I don't know I think it's very valuable to talk talk to people and you just don't see it as much anymore Mm -hmm. or um if you talk to people, you typically talk to the same people. And um, eventually, you know, sometimes it, the, the, the progress in developing your own ideas kind of stagnates because you're just, you just talk to the same people. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a bad thing. It's natural. It's like, why would you want to talk to anyone else? Yeah. You know? But no, I, I mean, I can't tell you how happy I've been since, you know, I, I messaged you on Instagram about this, just like, the thought of getting back with my old friends and, you know, talking to somebody other than the same people I've been talking to for several years now, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's, that was exciting to me. That was a, I don't know. That meant the world to me to really, to to be just to be able to come over here. Even if we hadn't done the podcast, just to talk to you would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like human connection is very valuable. Mm -hmm. That's something that the quarantine really made me realize. It's like, I've always been pretty, lightweight introverted Mm -hmm. like totally okay being on my own like i can entertain myself i don't really need other people to feel fulfilled but um this quarantine actually kind of like changed me completely i was like why am i like that i think part of it's like nerves talking to people is is weird and like you have to be willing to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. to speak with someone like look at them and like I'm Asian, dude. Like I have a problem with eye contact. Yeah. Like that's that that's just a thing. It's just a cultural or maybe even genetic thing. But like eye contact has always been weird for me. Uh, but learn like working through that and kind of trying to balance myself out and just be like, you know, just look at their nose. 
and you don't have to look at their eyes. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's like really working through just like there, there's just some sort of connection there. It's like, why am I afraid of it? It's because of, uh, I think cultural taboos is a little bit of it, but if it's like, it's very vulnerable to look someone straight in their eyes. It's like, you see a lot, mm-hmm. you see, there's a lot more communicated than what's on just the surface of, especially words. Yeah. Um, but no, the quarantine made me realize like, holy shit, like I have made all these great relationships with and made these friendships that just kind of dissipated. And even with my close friends too, it's like, I don't, I just don't see him enough. Like, mm-hmm. like what's, what's, what, what are we doing here on earth in life? Like, r- like what's the point? Like if there's not other people to share it with, like what's the point? Yeah. You know? So that was a big motivator for, for this podcast. It's just like, I just want to see my, my boys more mm-hmm. or anyone really just, I just want to see them more and have a valuable and meaningful interaction. So, yeah, so thanks for coming. Yeah, I'll come again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like we were talking about earlier, too. I mean, I, Connor, for instance, was my best friend in high school, and I haven't seen the guy in six years now, and I, I don't even know if he was still alive or not. I mean, I assumed he was, but, you know, it, it just goes to show how quickly and easily friendships can fade out. Yeah. Fizzle out. Because mm-hmm. it's work to keep up a relationship in any form right and it's work on both parts it's not yeah. just one side or the other right and when it's friendships especially when you're young and in school and you know they're going to see that person every day regardless mm-hmm. like it's really easy to you know take it for granted just be like yeah they all see them sure mm-hmm. but it's like no you kind of grow up into the world and realize how easy it is to self-isolate oh yeah and especially especially in today's world because you don't need anyone like legitimately like if you wanted to just survive you don't need anyone Mm -hmm. you need a job and a way to get food and a place to live yeah and that's it well even you for instance i mean if i if my ex-girlfriend hadn't contacted you and maddie to hang out that night several years ago then yeah i honestly i probably still wouldn't know anything about you other than than what's on instagram yeah yeah i mean it's important and it's hard too like it's not an easy thing to like come out of the woodwork and be like hey i haven't seen you in a while let's <laughs> yeah. hang out right like yeah. it's it's kind of it's weird it's strange we all understand that each other have personal lives and time we want to spend on certain things but um man it's a it's a value thing it's like what what are your priorities mm-hmm. and um i i think quarantine really kind of shook up everyone's priorities uh admit like people are i think are closer with their families with their friends with everyone in general because there was just this like existential crisis this existential threat to everyone's lives mm-hmm. at some point because i mean the first few weeks it was like holy shit like it felt like doomsday yeah at least for me i was at work so i well, saw firsthand like all the the lack of toilet paper people buying 20 pounds of ground beef at a time like oh even at whole foods it was like yeah that? dude it was wow. chaos it was like I didn't even notice it at first. Like the first day that it had, that I just went to work. I was like, yeah, whatever, just going to work. And then this lady bought like nine pounds of sausage. I was like, that's a lot. And then someone else bought a bunch of something else. I was like, that's a lot. What's <laughs> going on? And then like, the panic started to settle in. It was like, oh, like people are taking this real seriously. Like people are legitimately afraid. It's like, am I am I in danger right now? Like, am I 
you know, am I risking my life for this? Yeah. For what? For just so the first few weeks, it was like, oh my god, like really tough. I think on everyone, mm-hmm. and it made us, it made everyone kind of like reflect and be like, what's important? Yeah. You know, what's real? What? Why are we here? What's the deal? To have a job, like, mm, doesn't seem like it. Mm-mm. I think we're all finding much more solace in everyone in each other. Yeah. But one good thing it did do for me is I learned how to save money whether I wanted to or not. There you go. I was off for six weeks and I had to borrow money from people and everything and finally got it all paid off. But now any money I get, I'm just like, don't spend that shit. Yeah. If it's like, okay, it's only $4, I'll I'll spend that. But that's all my my money for the week. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, money's a real interesting thing. It's like... I hate the idea of money. Not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but I just don't just the idea of it is why did what don't you like about it well just that it's what controls everything you know just a piece of paper and it's like hey this 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 determines who you are as a person as a member of society you know it determines how nice of a of a home you can get how nice of a, a vehicle you can drive how nice of clothes you can afford how nice of food you can have i just hate the idea that it's all based on that and I know to a certain degree that that's what has to happen, but I guess it goes back to the equality thing we were talking about earlier. Like if everybody was equals, then there would be no variation in the world and it would be boring. But but what are those things about like having a place to live and a nice thing to drive or eat? Like what does that, mean? What does that have to do with you? I guess just my own unhappiness from not having enough money or what I feel like isn't enough money. Yeah. Um, cause I see cool shit all the time and I'm like, I'd love to have that, but I don't, I don't need it to survive obviously. Right. So I guess, it, I guess it boils down to my self-worth more than anything or like my self value. That's what, know. that's my thing about money is that like, it, it has no measure of who you are. Like at least to you, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe in a societal sense. Yeah, sure. Like yeah. people are going to look at you and judge you in a certain way. And we're social creatures and we value that. Obviously, we're here talking as friends and because we value the social interaction. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm content with where I am and happy with what I have, but obviously I'm always going to want more. Yeah. You know? But is that money's issue? No. I mean, money didn't do anything. But right. Yeah, like, I, I get where you're coming from. You know, yeah. like, I think it, it's it's a weird thing to think about. But it's just like, how much of this is actually the problem of money and capitalism? And how much is this a problem of like, my own distortions of reality? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a good point. You Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not trying to like, <laughs> you know, like talk you down shit all over it. me. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I'm really not. But no, but you bring up very good points that I hadn't thought about until you said that. Yeah, because, you know, money money's obviously important. And, like, mm-hmm. you need a certain amount to actually, like, get through anywhere. And, like, you need a good balance of, like, all right, have your needs met, but also have enough money to pursue other things and self-actualize and figure yourself out. Um, but, like, it's not it's not money that does that, right? I mean, you see people who are have lots of money that are still miserable as fuck. Mm-hmm. Possibly the most miserable pe- miserable people in the world have the most money, and it's just like knowing that it's like, well, well, of course, maybe suffering is easier when you have money, 
but is it though it's like how do we know that like yeah like you know someone could be equally as depressed in a ferrari it's like well at least you're in a ferrari (laughs) yeah but that's kind of short-sighted thinking about it too it's like yeah you're in a ferrari and you can't be happy it's like uh whose problem is that you know yeah does it boil down to money or does it boil down to how you feel about yourself how you perceive or your framework of like your values and like what's important Mm -hmm. because um once again obviously you have to have a certain amount of money to actually like live in society people that live off of minimum wage like how how it's not possible yeah uh you're under so much stress if one thing goes wrong you're done like done done um so yeah, it's like a weird thing because I, I remember feeling the same way about money and capitalism. It's like, oh, why does it run the world? All this stuff. It's just like, practically speaking, it's the only religion we all agree on. All humans do. Mm-hmm. We're like a middleman between goods and services. The only thing that makes sense across Christianity to Islam to Buddhism to all of it, like, to black to white to this country to that country it's the only thing we agree on full hardly as human beings is some equal exchange of something yeah um which is unfortunate but also it works um so what 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 i don't know i just I, i don't i try to get away from this um surface level like criticism of capitalism where it's like the root of all evil it's like there's a lot of evil that comes out of capitalism for sure people oppress and you know abuse people for money and that's fucked up but it's because like it's not because of money it's because they themselves are like fucked up Mm -hmm. it comes from like a human ideal of this need for more or this want for more because of what of back to comparison again it's social comparison yet we live in such an advanced society where it's like we can kind of you know we can kind of like stop thinking about that it's weird though because uh we've always evolved comparing ourselves socially economically physically all this stuff and it's gotten us to where we are today i mean like think about even just 60 years ago the idea of someone who's college educated versus not, you know, mm-hmm. big, big difference, big difference in like values and systems that we believe in that make one person clearly better than another person. Fast forward to now, it's like a college education means next to nothing <laughs> yeah. on most things. Like it doesn't really, I it doesn't, become fruitful in an economic monetary sense mm-hmm. um maybe in like a personal and spiritual and psychological sense it makes you more well-rounded sure but it's like what are our values where do our values lie i think is the is the thing and now that the internet is here and now that we're all there's a lot of people a lot more people you know we i think we can get away from this idea that money runs everything we can more understand and self-actualize to realize like no like my uh sorry my reality is like mine and mine own like no one else has anything to do with it and um 
that's obviously a broad blanket statement to make and like your reality could be confounded by social principles and like your own comparison to other things but like it doesn't have to be though Mm -hmm. you know like your reality your own happiness this is i guess like a buddhist thought it's like life is suffering but like do you remember the quote mr kite used to tell us figure it out figure it out it's a big one um but there was another one that was a that's a big one that stuck with me was 10 percent of life is what happens to you and 90 percent is how you react to it oh yeah that was like i wow what talk about a quote that just lives rent free in my head it's like what like because yeah shit happens to you like for sure that's why it's not like it's not a hundred percent you know how you look at life Mm -hmm. because like that's not fair there's things that happen to people that alter the way you look at life so yeah but it's not that much like the, the actual things that happen to you are not most of your life yeah they are legitimate though like let's not take away from people that have good bad experiences horrendous experiences but like the way you approach it the way you understand the way you synthesize it and move on after that is much much more important than the actual things that happen you know so in that sense i think we are able to kind of uh evolve as a species as a as just a human homo sapien culture to be like you know we're able to kind of get away from these traditional values of like survival and like you know comparison and be on a path of more um self-reflection and intuition and like enlightenment thinking where like we're all individuals first um kind of like the idea of death and rebirth it's like we all have come from the collective essentially like our family right like our close circles but like we got to break away from that at some point you have to like kind of be on your own and figure yourself out go on this hero's journey and essentially die in a way and be reborn as an individual and at that point you're able to come back to the collective to your family to society to your friends to all this with a renewed perspective that helps you kind of foster the next generation like you have to go on that like individual self-actualizing journey Mm -hmm. before you have any credibility telling anyone else what might you know be a good idea so i don't know in terms of looking at my, my perspective on money at least it's just like it sucks it's a necessary evil but it's like you don't have to feel bad about it it's like it doesn't have to be the the end all be all of everything that's evil it's like it is here but how should we think about it i don't know no that that might be the best way to put that is it's a necessary evil like it's there obviously and it's inevitable you just kind of have to deal with it and it works Mm -hmm. it works like there's peace treaties all over the world because of money it just works i don't know it's it's so hard to it's one of those things that even like words and speaking in person i would never be able to communicate what i'm actually thinking in my head because like it's so it's partly because of my own limitation of my own knowledge and ability to articulate but also it's such an abstract thought it's like how do i how do i get this across Mm -hmm. it's really difficult because it's like money matters but it doesn't 
Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine you you posted everything you just said on Facebook, and, I mean, you wouldn't be able to convey it the same way, obviously. People would stop listening after, or stop reading after sentence three. Mm -hmm. It's either read more and be like, nope, (laughs) not today. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, I like to point that out a lot. It's like, think about how much we've talked about already and haven't even scratched the surface of anything. Mm -hmm. And we've communicated way more right now than a singular Facebook post would ever be able to communicate in a whole day of posting. Mm -hmm. And yet there's still so much yet to be uncovered and realized. It's like, you know, you don't even know what you don't know at this point. There are known knowns and there are known unknowns. Right? It's just like, so how can we be so absolute when we post on social media to be like, this is it. This is my opinion. This is how I am. This is how I think. This is it. It's just like, oh, so conclusive. So, like, not malleable. Humans are very much able to change. And this kind of cave painting way of communicating is kind of ruining people in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I tend to think, though, that, like, there's that statistics that, like, 90% of the tweets on Twitter come from like 5% of the actual users on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I don't know if that's a credit to the people that post and use Twitter, just use it a lot, or maybe there's just a bunch of profiles out there. Um, that might not even be reflective of like the actual population of people that are using Twitter. Cause there's a lot of bots and like, you know, advertising and Russians and, italians or something i don't know Uh, it's like but um it 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 makes me think that what we see on social media is actually not even close to real it's like not even close to how real people really talk and believe and interact because it's not it just isn't like this conversation is proof the other 11 episodes before this are proof that that is not how people communicate mm-hmm. and um it's very distorted and skewed to the people who use it the most so why are we like catastrophizing this whole social media situation it's like we kind of realize like that's not what people actually do um but i guess it only takes a small minority of people to make any sort of change in the world yeah and in fact like the loudest people tend to use social media and then distort the narrative of what's actually going on. But, um, yeah, I just don't, I have like a lot of hope for humanity because I'm like, I see all this bullshit on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, something tells me that like, this is not average daily, everyday people or experiences and that this is actually just the fringes of society that are magnified because we all like that shit. Mm. We like watching Mari, right? That doesn't happen to everyone though. Like Mari doesn't happen to everyone. Um I don't know. That's my soapbox for tonight, I guess. I get on a lot of soapboxes about stuff. It's all I, good. I just connect one thought to another and yeah. somehow just I appreciate it. that you can do that cuz I mean it's hard for a lot of people to do. I just legitimately don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I think does anybody weird. right and like I I think the only difference is that sometimes I feel more okay with that fact than maybe other people do. I don't know if that's true, um, but I know for a fact that I'm totally okay with being a moron because like 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't. These I'm are gonna just say my some dumb shit. People are just gonna have to get over it. Or not. Or yeah. Or don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Or don't. You're welcome to do that too. Yeah. I just have no. Whatever. I'm waiting for the day that like, I might say something off, and someone might call me out for it. I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon, at least, because who the fuck listens to this? Besides my homies in Brazil and Oregon, who apparently tune in. So thanks, Brazil and Oregon. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm waiting for the day that, who knows, maybe this will get interesting and popular. I doubt it. I'm not even hoping for it, to be honest. But to see like how someone might take me out of context. Because... You see it happen to Joe Rogan, especially mm-hmm. just recently about like the trans community at Spotify and trying to take him down for stuff. And he's just legitimately like, I don't care. Like, you know, because what he does that I try to emulate that's so good is he only speaks his truth. Like there's nothing untrue about anything that he does on that show that is not 100% reflective of who he is. And I'm just like, that is the most respectable thing you can do in today's society is be like yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like genuinely, you know, accept your own flaws and be willing to take the risks of putting those flaws out there. And that's why he has kind of like this immunity to a lot of things. Now, the more like listeners he gets, he obviously has more of a responsibility to communicate truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he slips up on that, but he tends to apologize when he does and try to correct it. But in terms of stuff that like can be misconstrued or misinterpreted, uh, he doesn't back down. He's never just like, I'm sorry. Like, no, he's more just like, that's just what I think. Like, I'm sorry that you have a problem with that. But it's like, it, well, what, what do you want me to do? That's like, that's, I, I can't do anything about that. That is my truth. And you're not going to legitimately convince me otherwise unless you talk to me like a human being, you know, and, um, yeah, I've yet to get anyone that's super like radical in their beliefs or any of that, but I plan to. And I have a few people that I'm like keeping on my like blacklist, not blacklist, but like, like I'm going to get these people on eventually, but it might be uh controversial in a way. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not, not even like controversial. It's just, it's like, I know there's going to be ideas thrown out there that even I don't agree with, but I'm going to try to, you know, vibe with. Yeah. And understand. Put a trigger warning on it beforehand. <laughs> uh, no, no, I won't. <laughs> um, I don't, well, there's certain things that are trigger warning worthy. I would say graphic images of like suicide or homicide and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But ideas? No. I don't think you should have trigger warnings for ideas. Um, like someone who's just like, yeah, I don't think gay people should get married. It's like, I'm not going to put a trigger warning on that. Oh, yeah. Well, right? You know, it's just like, that's just an idea. This is what that pe- person thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should not hurt you physically. And it doesn't. Um, but if obviously if it's, you know, like violent or like legitimately triggering in ways, it's like, those are worthy of trigger warnings. Um, 
yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But, you know, there's a, this book I just recently listened to is called The Coddling of the American Mind. It's really good. You might want to check it out. Okay. It talks a lot about, like, the culture of safetyism and, like, how everything has to be, like, it's not about physical safety anymore. It's about, like, emotional and ideological safety or, like, you're not, a, you know, you hear someone's opinion that doesn't agree with yours and somehow you're, like, triggered and so emotionally worked up that you feel panic and anxiety mm-hmm. and that can be perceived as violence towards you and i'm like mm, i don't ideas are not violence no there are bad ideas but um you, you shouldn't perceive them as violence because violence is like real mm-hmm. it's one of the only real things in the world is like violence and pain and it's like when you subscribe that to just basic ideas it's like that's not a violence everyone problem that's a you problem right it's another mr kite quote right there right that's a you problem right and uh you need to know how to navigate that he'd be great to get on here too dude definitely have thought about it Mm -hmm. he liked the post that i posted on facebook so i was like word he was one of the first too hell yeah he didn't just like it he loved that shit he poked you and everything he didn't poke me i don't know anyone that pokes people still and if you do, you're a little sus. I haven't had Facebook in eight years now, so I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to have Mr. Kite on here. Oh, my God. Talk about someone that really shaped me as a human being. I don't know how you feel about it, but, like, that man definitely um, influenced me a lot. Mm-hmm. We had a... Uh, we are very lucky to have him as a band director, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, when I went to music school and heard about all these nightmare band directors from elsewhere, I'm like, wait, your band director didn't teach you about this and this? It wasn't, like, super awesome and cool and, like, disciplined and, like, all this? And I'm like, no, Mr. Kite's a, the fucking goat, apparently. <laughs> and it's just like, that was just my band director, you know? But, yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about him? I always liked him. Um... A little bit of the Mr. Gollum situation, like I should have treated him better, but he was definitely like one of the best teachers I ever had. Easily. Mm-hmm. And not just in like a, a music teacher sense, more in like a, like a leader sense. Yeah. He was definitely someone that was like, like I, I'll, I'll do anything you say, like, because mm-hmm. you clearly have figured it out in some capacity. Yeah. But also he hasn't like he's, he's just as flawed as anyone else, you yeah. know, so but there was something about him that he was just really good at what he did. Um, so shout out Mr. Kite. The first time he ever spoke to me, I didn't realize he was talking to me. <laughs> His lazy eye takes a couple of years of getting used to. Oh, yeah. When he looked at me. I was just like, I literally looked back. I was like, what <laughs> are you talking to me? Me? Him? What? <laughs> But, um, yeah, great guy nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, band was a time. Do you still have a trombone? No. Word. <laughs> Only thing I have now is a couple of mandolins and a keyboard. Nice. And a MIDI keyboard. I just got one of those recently. Word? Mm-hmm. You trying to make any music at all? Not yet. I, have, I don't mm-hmm. have the chord for it. Word, word. Yeah, I need to get one of those. I've like tried to f- mess around on GarageBand a little bit. Um, 
Have you heard the beat that's at the beginning of some of these episodes? Mm-hmm. You might not. Have you? Yeah. yeah. You might want to listen to the, the newer episodes because I, like, I figured out how to like fade it in and out and everything, and it sounds way better than just like this boom, beat, and then done, and then podcast. and then... I know. Sometimes I listen to my car, and I'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just like immediately hits you. It's loud, too. That's my friend Ryan that made that beat, and I, I really liked it. I was like, let me buy that from you. Um, not because I wanted the beat, but mm. it's just like, it's like we can kind of like um, define who we are by how we spend our money. I think that's another good thing about money is that like, yeah, it sucks, but we all need it. And like when you use it in certain ways, it's more meaningful than when you use it in other ways. It's yeah. like, you know, you buy I don't know, some groceries from some corporation that's one thing you need it yeah but like you buy your friend's piece of art that they made it's like that's mobilizing my money in ways that like fit my values so i didn't necessarily like i'm sure if i just asked him for it he would have given it to me but i was like no i want to purchase it from you even though you're a good friend of mine it was just like i just need to show that how i spend my money reflects who i am or who i want to be mm-hmm so yeah, but I, I'm trying to like figure out how to make some music of my own because I think I need an outro song or or something to put at the end of the podcast so it doesn't just like end and, you know, that's it. Kind of like outro out of it. But I don't know. I, I suck at using GarageBand and making music. So, <laughs> or I, I'm figuring it out at least. Yeah. Yeah, I just made some dumb shit recently. I deleted it immediately. <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> this is horrid. But it's fun, dude. Like, it's a good time. How are your parents doing? Uh, they're good. My dad is finally getting, like, healthy again. He quit smoking for a little bit, and now he's smoking again. Mm. Um, Tough. Yeah. It's like vaping or actually smoking smoking? Smoking cigarettes. My mom quit for like a month and then started again. She smokes way more than my dad does. Um, it's tough when you're around it and like your significant other is. Well, especially if you've been doing it for 20 or 30 years too, you know? Yeah. Um, Would you like any more wild turkey? Yeah, I'll take a little bit. Cool. Uh, health-wise, they're doing pretty well. Um, mentally, not the best. Um, but who is nowadays? Uh, they yeah. recently got their taxes caught up. They hadn't filed since 2016, so that was fun. Word. Um, didn't know nearly as much as they thought they would, um, but they're getting all that figured out still and just taking it a day at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh. I don't remember much about your dad. He was always just kind of chill in the background, <laughs> you know, just there to be a homie, I guess. But your mom was always like party. She wanted to be of. one of the boys for sure. Yeah, yeah. She was, yeah, she hit me up about coming on the podcast. I was like, more than welcome to. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but like, <laughs> uh, if she hears this episode, you'll have quite a bit. Yeah, true. Can you believe my fucking son? <laughs> Sandy, your son is fantastic. You did a great <laughs> job. Uh, yeah, it's like, what is there to hide at this point? Honestly, I'm scared of my mom finding this podcast too. Because, like, <laughs> you should have her on here. No, 
no, we would, uh, my relationship with my mom is, she thinks I'm an angel and there's things that I've done that would disappoint her so much that I like, I'm like, I don't want to, but like, uh, I can't sit here and tell you to confront your mom about the problems that you've hidden from her and me not do the same thing with my mom. But it's like, ah, man, that's tough. Now, aside from the, the diploma thing, there's only one other thing that they don't know about that I feel like they would not care for very much. Are you willing to talk about it? Are you going to reserve that? Um, well, after high school, I worked at Papa John's um, for about a year and a half. But during that time... Um, I got a job at a vape shop as well because I was really into vaping at the time. I got mm-hmm. hot and heavy into it, a bunch of mods and shit. Uh, and the owner was very trusting. So over the course of about a year, um, ended up embezzling about $25,000, um, and one day it caught up to me because I got greedy and you could do um, credit card refunds. So I did that on my on one of my debit cards and it was for like $1,000. I just got stupid and greedy. Um, and he caught on to it over the weekend. And I only ended up having to pay back 1700 because that's all the paper trail was. Yeah. So I got away with more than I should have. But yeah, there's only a few people that know about that. Well, welcome to the internet. um well as long as you're not specific about the situation i think we'll be fine but uh what made you think what what made you do that in the first place do you think greed yeah the desire for money yeah like the whole time you were uh telling me or you know saying earlier like why why do you feel that way about money i was i was like well i kind of have to tell this story now um just yeah the desire for money i wanted yeah. wanted to have it all so what what do you think that comes from though cuz like there's always like a way to step back from each idea it's like yeah you can say about money and greed but like all right so where does that come from i guess growing up um i don't know i don't want to sound cliche about it i wasn't poor when i grew up we were you know middle class but i just always wanted more um because I was I was usually always friends with like the the more wealthy kids that got whatever they wanted, and I guess I wanted that more than anything just to to be able to have whatever I wanted even if I had to get it through my own means or whatever. Yeah, no, I feel that because I was kind of in the same way, and my mom struggled a lot with finances, especially around two thousand eight when the financial crisis hit. Like mm-hmm. it was rough, but yeah, I always remember feeling the same way, just being like, why can't I have the things that I want? Like why isn't it as easy? Um, and then growing up makes you realize like, well, there's a lot of reasons why it's not that easy Mm -hmm. because it's actually really hard to have money and save it and spend it on, you know, frivolous things. Right. As a kid, you don't really understand. Yeah. And like as an adult now, I mean, for this hat, for instance, cost $150. They retailed (laughs) for $35 when they came out and it cost $150 now. And that's. That's where I get my joy is spending money on these golf ex- expensive clothing items. Yeah, this yeah. hoodie was fifty dollars, um, but I think they go for about a hundred now. So um, why clothing though? I don't really know. 
I, I don't have a good answer for you there. I guess just because it looks cool and I kind of idolized Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Um, just like I have one of his shirts that I paid $150 for. Thankfully, I got a good deal on it. It goes for like 300 but it's still spit. $150 on a t-shirt is a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. That, you know, that's half of or a quarter of a rent payment, you know. Yeah. But like, you know, they're there. So like spending money, a lot of money on things isn't always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. If it's something you legitimately like, then like there's no other reason or there's no reason you shouldn't. And sometimes it's an investment too. Yeah. Like if you plan on reselling it or like if you think the value is going to go up later, cause mm-hmm. like, yeah, all that. But, um, if it legitimately makes you happy and like it brings you joy then like there's no reason against that. But like the only reason to me that I would have against purchasing clothing like that is because you want to appear a certain way. Yeah. Because then that stops being about you starts being about everyone else Mm -hmm. how they see you. And I would say that if you were buying clothes to impress people, then that's not a good use of money because, uh, fuck people. Who cares? Right. Who cares? Um, but if it's because you like it, then like, that's totally valid. Like, are you kidding me? You shouldn't judge yourself for that. Like that is something that brings you joy and that you legitimately like for whatever reason it might be like, that's totally valid. Mm -hmm. Um, but it should come from you, not from out there. Yeah. That chaos of like whatever other people, whatever your mind views other people as viewing you. Right. It's just like double mirror thing. It's like, it's weird. It's like, that shouldn't be your basis of like, why you do things but if you like it then uh, who's stopping you yeah but I, I don't know sometimes it just feels like when you sit back and think about it sure it makes you happy but it's like that's also 150 dollars on a hat you yeah know? and it's like oh i could i could put that you spend that better you know pay off my debts make a car payment whatever yeah but sometimes you have to make those mistakes to realize that yeah so it's not a it's not always once again it comes back to like how you think about it right mm-hmm like you could beat yourself up about it but like what use does that do you or anyone else but like if you were to just be like oh that was dumb but like that hat that hat's dope i wish i had that hat (laughs) thank you (laughs) like legit like that's a fucking dope ass hat um but yeah it's like what's done is done kind of you know it's like so if if i needed to i could sell and get my money back today yeah you know yeah but uh, it's just about how you justify it in your head, you know. It doesn't have to be this, like, quantifiable thing. It's like, oh, I could have spent it on this that's more practical or whatever it might be. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like you're allowed to have things that make you happy. And you're allowed to spend money on them, mm-hmm. I think. And, uh, sure, if it's frivolous, whatever. Um, just make sure you're doing it for you and not for anyone else. I think it's the only real dichotomy between that that I see. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look at all this fucking manga I have on here. Fucking right? sick. <laughs> you, know how many, you know how many hundreds of dollars or tens of thousands of yen that cost? Not at only least seven. At least seven. Yeah. Not only to like buy it, but then also to transport it. Yeah. Because right? like, this was not. I put this in a giant, giant plastic container. There's the lid to it right there. The container broke. It was so heavy. Um, cost money to ship it halfway across the world, just so I can put it on a fucking bookcase, 
and to have and reference on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, well, of course I read them still and everything, but you know, it makes me happy though. It's like, this is part of my childhood. Yeah. Like, How know, much did it cost to ship? Um, well, as like a add on baggage, probably an extra hundred bucks or so. But that's, you know, a couple, couple trips. But from that. Japan to America, that's probably not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically speaking. Yeah. It's not a, horrible thing at all so but i mean it still costs money mm-hmm. i could still beat myself up and be like well i could have you know had food for a week or whatever but like, no but even the fact that you got got to go to japan at all i think is Shit. pretty fucking cool yeah I mean, i've never been out of the country other than when i was in my mom's stomach she went to cancun you know oh really yeah yeah she found out she was pregnant with me the day before they left so she couldn't drink anything oh yeah well at least she didn't like word well, yeah, but... Good job, Sandy. Like, you went on vacation knowing you're pregnant, and then I'm like, no, you got a responsibility. That's huge. That's huge, huge. My dad got shit-faced, though. I'm sure he did. <laughs> it was all-inclusive, all the alcohol and all the food. Oh, was man. Even more props to you, Sandy. Yeah. Jesus. Like, good for her. I think she ate what she didn't drink, though. <laughs> Word. <laughs> you gotta eat. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're eating for two at that point. Um yeah so it's just like as long as you enjoy it like these posters up here these are each like 12 bucks each and i have what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen of them times twelve dollars fifty six yeah like that's a lot of money for pieces of paper but it's what makes you happy but it's cool as fuck in my mm-hmm. opinion i love it so yeah i mean as long as you're spending it for you and doing it for you i see no problem in any bit um, as long as you're not like going into debt because of it, of course, but not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. There you go. You made those mistakes. You got to learn from them. Yeah. Once again, mistakes aren't bad either. Failures are great. That's how you learn. That's just it. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what else, we were talking about. What else do you do outside of work and sleep? You mentioned you got into video games. Is there anything else? You ever go down YouTube rabbit holes? Like, what are you intaking? What content are you seeing? I have YouTube Red. I pay for that every month. Yeah. Um, which is it's $18, but I think it's worth every penny because I don't like ads. I get Hulu ad free and I get YouTube ad free. Nice. Um, I don't watch any of the premium content on there, though, like the YouTube Red exclusives or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I just like not having ads. And then... I've gotten into TV a little bit more recently. I got in, uh, started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on Sunday. That's a great show. Fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Amazing show. It's like it's like the modern version of Seinfeld that's way more nihilistic and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like our generation Seinfeld, mm-hmm. I think. It's just about the worst, per- worst kinds of people in the world. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Shameless but Tamer. Have you ever seen Shameless? Yeah. Shameless is really raw and like real. Fuck yeah. Whereas It's Always Sunny, it's very much superficial. <laughs> Just like, have you seen uh, Flowers for Charlie yet? I don't think so. I'm only on like season three right now. Okay. It's Flowers for Charlie is my favorite episode. It's a play on Flowers for Algernon. Did you ever read oh, that yeah. book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's so funny. It is just so hilarious. Um,. I won't spoil it for you because you got to see that shit. Um, what do you do on YouTube though? Because like that's a 
fuck. Um, That's a huge insight into someone's personality. It's like, what do you do on YouTube? I've gotten really into binging with Babish recently. Oh, Have word. You, yes. You? Okay, yeah. Um, I think that shit's fascinating. I love Andrew Ray. Um, I would love to meet him. Um, and then there's the another one. I've been into him for like two years now, but he's uh, Max Mofo. And he has this channel, Max Mofo Pokemon, where he opens up like Pokemon cards and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he he's just he's a funny Australian dude that if he doesn't get what he wants, he'll destroy the cards or he'll fuck them up somehow. I don't know. He's, he's just uh, he's a, he's a funny guy. He um, did a lot of stuff with Filthy Frank towards the end of Filthy. Filthy Frank's. Frank and Idubs both. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm surprised you know who he is. A lot of people don't. I only know him because of Filthy Frank. Oh yeah. Yeah, God, Fil- Filthy Frank. God, I miss, wow. God, I miss Filthy Frank. I do love Joji, though. Papa Frank. Yeah, I'm glad that he... Well, because like, he was having some health issues with mm-hmm. being Filthy Frank. Which is, like, understandable. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Filthy Frank, you are vile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I that's someone that i really 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 would give a lot just to talk to is joji oh yeah because uh filthy frank content got me through some pretty dark periods because like just naturally i can empathize more with like that style of humor because i see not only like the nihilistic americanized humor version of it but like there's a lot of like japanese humor meshed in with it that mm-hmm. like i've seen in other forms of comedy in japan it's like oh wow like he's very cross-cultural and re- really hits home with me yeah for sure yeah because he's half half asian too isn't he he's half japanese yeah mm-hmm. and um apparently spent some time growing up there and everything so and his japanese is perfect like it is like just like mine <laughs> <laughs> uh no but he's got he's a very like creative but also very conflicted person like Mm -hmm. i would love to talk to him about japanese culture and like because when you see him talk about japan he doesn't speak about it so favorably he's always just like yeah it's cool but like america's way cooler it's like why do you feel that way because like i totally probably already know why he feels that way just because like i just know that his personality does not fit in japan yeah even a little bit um but man, I would give so much to talk to that guy. Like literally a lot. <laughs> but I don't know that'll I don't know that'll ever happen. Maybe if I become a mental health professional, because he clearly has mental issues. But uh whatever. Uh and then past that, uh on YouTube, what else do I watch? A little bit of everything. There's really nothing specific. Um, I've gotten really into like top tens or like countdown videos for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. I really don't know why. Oh, YouTube's a pit, man. You can get through anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been like trying to watch more long form videos like lectures and forums and stuff. But man, I do like my share. Have you? Do you know the channel After School? Uh, a friend of mine turned me on to it. It's like they do a lot of really cool things where they um, take these like 
I guess like up to 10, 20 minute kind of like speeches that people make and uh, kind of draw them out essentially. Mm -hmm. kind of Not animate them, but they're drawn out to kind of like, I don't know. It's You should check it out after school. It's a really good one to, if you want to get into like learning weird concepts. Okay. Um, like there's one that Jim Carrey does. It's he like speaks at a college graduation and talks about, you know, purpose and all this stuff. And like, they kind of draw it out. It's really cool. Uh, they do really good work in terms of like visualizing these ideas that people that really smart and like intuitive people communicate. Mm -hmm. There's one with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and, and they talk about some, I can't remember what it was, but like, I feel like I've heard of that one. Yeah. But there, it's, a, it's a really cool channel that is very much educational in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but um, brings a visual component to like this audio idea. Um, but yeah, it's uh, YouTube's great. It's infinite entertainment and content. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like a video form of the pod podcast to me. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I and my mom the other, I don't know, a couple months ago, um, I was trying to show her stuff on YouTube and she uses it as an older person does just for like reference material or whatever. But like, I appreciate it as an art form because it's, it's something that literally anybody can make a video and upload it, you know? And I just think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. The, the whole internet is like that mm -hmm. where, I mean, this whole podcast, that's what this is. It's like, I'm able to have a voice somehow and I'm like screaming into a void essentially because it's so vast but like even if no one listens at least your voice is there it's like I'm in there mm -hmm. so I'm out someone's gonna listen someone's gonna take the time to listen to these for whatever reason I have and I <laughs> yeah right it's like and I hope that there's something good that people get out of it um but see that's like that's the that's the crazy thing about humanity right now. It's like we've never had anything like this where anyone anywhere can make anything and someone might see it and mm -hmm. appreciate it. Like, wow. Wow. Talk about a difference from just, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, so, but then there's a lot of shitty parts about the internet too, of course. But I think overwhelmingly it's a good thing. Oh, it's yeah. A positive effect on the world when it's kept just neutral mm -hmm. it's just like you know obviously there has to be algorithms to like reach certain people and like find your interests but um i think overall it's like a good thing to happen i don't know do you think people are naturally good or bad or evil i should say I think people are naturally good, but they're drawn to evil. Um, and the only reason I say that is because I think back on when I was younger and a lot of my friends, um, it's going to sound nerdy as shit, but we would play like Star Wars games and we would always pick the bad guys just because they were cool. You know, they had red lightsabers and shit. Um, and I don't mean to relate it just to that, but like, you know, you, you spend your life being good, but then it's like you see bad in somebody, in, be it a video game or a movie or something, and you're just kind of drawn to that, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, I could be a complete asshole and just fuck everybody I like over, 
but I'm I'm not doing that. But like, what would that be like? It's almost like seeing an alternate reality. Yeah, because it's like, why do they do that? Mm-hmm. It's like because being good just seems like the obvious answer. Yeah. Why would people be evil? But then like you you look at that side, it's like they don't think they're evil. Mm-hmm. Like, they think they're good. Or they know that they're evil and they just don't give a shit. Yeah. Which is like, you know, in the extreme case, especially in like Star Wars or a lot of stories, it's like there's obvious good and evil. Right. But um, in a human sense, it's really hard to make that distinction. Because mm-hmm. I think everyone is doing what they think is good. Always. I think most people act on what they their understanding of good is and they try to further themselves in that way. But uh, that's not always actually good. But what is actual good, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's such a hard thing to... What I think it comes down to is, like, people in their hearts try. Like, they try to be good. They try to do what they think is right. And that's uh, that says a lot because um, it's hard to... It makes it hard to like criticize people. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's acting in the interest of trying to be good. Yeah. But I don't know. Then there's like the whole self awareness, like what is actually good. It's so hard to nail down good versus evil. I don't think it exists. Mm-hmm. I don't think good and evil exist. Well, the best, um, I guess, reference point I have for something like that is uh, Marilyn Manson's biography. He said in there that he he named himself Marilyn Manson because it comes from Marilyn Monroe, who was perceived as good, but she had an evil side, and Charles Manson, who was predominantly evil, but he had some good side to him, you know? So you got, it's it's a balance of good and evil, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. You know? And I, I that quote has always mm. stuck with me because I'm like, that's such a good point you know everybody has a balance of good and evil just like yeah. me i mean i'm 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 generally a good person but i've done my share of fucked up shit you know a lot yeah. of getting my diploma stole a bunch of money um i've stolen from friends and family before you know but i'm, I'm a better person now i'm working on myself yeah you know? it, yeah there's a um a quote that i bring up i've brought up on this podcast a couple times and it's from a book that i haven't actually read but a lot of these psychologists I've been listening to reference a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this book called The Gulag Archipelago. And it's about this guy, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who lived in the Soviet Union you know, in the, like, the 60s. But uh, he was very adamantly against Stalin mm-hmm. and wrote a bunch of articles and you know defamed him in sort of ways. And then anyway, Stalin had him captured and sent to the gulags, which are pretty much like torture areas, I guess. So there's a quote in the book where Alexander Solzhenitsyn is in the gulags and he's being tortured or whatever. And like he sees someone that he knows. I can't remember if it's like a family member or someone close to him or like a neighbor, just someone that he knows who is doing the torturing of other people. And like he knows this person and he knows them to not be a bad person. And what he believes is good and evil. Mm -hmm. So the quote is something like, the line but and he he sees this person and realizes this realizes first of all that that could have been him he could have been the guy being doing the torturing not being tortured so it's like what's the difference between them and he the quote something along the lines of like the line between good and evil 
doesn't run through state lines or political parties or any of that. It runs through the line of everyone's heart individually. Everyone has that dichotomy of good versus evil in their heart, and that shifts based on circumstances. But no evil person is 100% evil. No good person is 100% good. There's always an ounce of evil. It's like the yin and the yang and the yang and the yin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made him realize, like, there's no reason to conceptualize humanity as good versus evil because it's subjective and circumstantial and often involuntary. Um, so it made him really, like, wonder like what what is good versus evil like if i could have easily been in his position does that make me a a bad person does it make me good that i'm being tortured and i didn't wasn't that position like not not necessarily either way um which a lot of these modern psychologists uh take as like you know it's not good to have the disposition that somehow the world is a battle between good and evil Mm -hmm. um because the more that you assume that you're good the the more evil that you tend to actually act out fucking bourbon man (laughs) um but it's like one it's like that idea that's like there's obviously evil people in the world that do bad things and there's obviously good people in the world that do good things and sure that good and evil like exists in in a way you can interpret it but it's not good to have that disposition that you view the world as good versus evil like you shouldn't look at the world as like this battle between two sides and that you would fall on the good side Mm because everyone's going to assume they fall on the good side right so and they take that idea and kind of like flip it around and imprint it onto how you should live your life and yada yada it's like don't assume that good and evil is a real thing and don't ever assume that you're always good because you're probably not i mean you can justify anything as like you know you being on the good side of things but like it's not to dismiss that there are actually evil people in the world because there are but like you shouldn't look at the world from the beginning as like good versus evil I don't know. It's a. I need to read the book. I'm just. I'm sitting here quoting the quote of a book, like a fucking record player, just, just like, saying this stuff that I've rehearsed. Well, from an outsider's perspective, it sounds like, essentially, what you're trying to say is it's not a battle of good and evil. It's kind of a balance of good and evil. Yeah, yeah. Like it. it, It's both are always present, Mm -hmm. and both are always in everybody. The capacity for it, at mm-hmm. least, is in everybody. So, um, yeah, it's like the the moral of it is like, don't conceive of of the world in that way, because that will lead you to bad behaviors. Um, yeah, it, it's it, I think it's a good insight mm-hmm. into the world, and I think the ancient texts, especially the idea of yin and yang, right. That is good and evil, right? But there's a little bit of yang and yin and a little bit of yin and yang. It means there's good and evil and there's evil and good. Um, And we all kind of take that as to be kind of truth, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think this the idea isn't new at all. 
but like especially in today's society it's very easy to be like that side's bad this side's good yeah whatever it is and um i actually had the thought today i was like it's really hard not for humans not to have that idea because we all want to assume that we're good right and Mm -hmm. that the other side is evil that if we fight against that we are inherently better yeah like that's kind of makes sense especially in a survivalistic standpoint it's like my tribe you know and then there's that other tribe that's trying to kill us like well they're bad we're good yeah we're gonna try to kill them but they're feeling the same exact way so it's like not good to live your life as though that you're on the good side and you're battling evil all the time but like then again we like play sports we have competition we do all these things where we intentionally act out that idea especially in sports it's just like you are your team you are good they are trying to stop you from being good right it's like we need to like we need some sort of outlet for this idea it's like it's not good to have this disposition that somehow the world is good versus evil Mm -hmm. but like we really 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 want to believe that so how do we like mitigate that from our life well competition sports whatever it might be kind of helps us do that it's like if we're able to set up this artificial environment where it's just like all right we're going to be good versus evil but on these very set rules and parameters and um i think it's healthy in some ways like competition helps you get that out yeah because it's like it's so natural it's so intuitive to be like i'm on this side and i'm good and you're on that side and you're bad um but you shouldn't live everyday life like that. Mm-hmm. But like, you need to get it out somehow. Like, have you ever played volleyball? Have you ever spiked a ball at someone? And just fucked him up. Like, it's a great feeling. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like, it's just like, yes. Like, I just did it. You suck. I'm good. Boom. But then when the game ends, like that, I, that ends. Like, get leave it all out on the field. You know, like, mm-hmm. let it, let it stay out there. And we can exercise that idea in a, in a constructive way. I mean, not constructive, but we at least have an outlet for it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Just random thought I had at work today. I tend to think a lot for just no reason. Just have these thoughts just passed in my head. I just juggle them around. I completely understand that. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. What what do you do for work again? You work with your dad? I'm a floor covering installer, so like I install carpet and the fake wood stuff, um, vinyl, pretty much anything but hardwood and ceramic tile. Isn't like, what's the fake wood called again? Uh, laminate or laminate. LVT. Yeah. What's the difference between installing laminate and like real hardwood? Uh, with laminate, it's typically all just snapped together. Um, doesn't require any nails or anything. It's a floating floor, which means it just sits over top of whatever whatever is already there. Uh, and with hardwood, you have to either nail it or glue it down. Um, it has to be completely smooth. If it's on concrete, it has to be glued down. If it's on uh, wood already, then it has to be nailed down every like eight inches or something like that. Huh. Is that like a, 
so obviously that's like a skill that you have to build up to like mm-hmm. understand that stuff. Is that something you see yourself like wanting to get better at and like pursue? Um, it's it's a weird subject with me because I've always enjoyed it, but my dad has told me not to make a career out of it because um, he's done it for forty years now and he's sixty one and just old and broken down. You know, can't really do much anymore. Or he he can do what he can but he not as much as he should be able to and his knees and back hurt him all the time and he tells me all the time not to keep doing it and that that's all it was for me it was just a temporary job but it's become a permanent thing for the last four years now um do you find value in it though i do i, I love what i do and i feel like i'm good at it and i don't know that's it's almost like i have a purpose and that that's it but I'm, yeah. one of the, I'm one of the weird people that actually enjoys manual labor, you know? Like, yeah. I, I love, I just like doing it. I might complain about it afterwards and be sore as shit, but I love doing it. Yeah, like, I think that's valuable. And I'm sure your dad tells you certain things because of his experience being like, oh, it's not that great. Now I have this problem and this problem, this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like, at least you have something that you do. Because, like, for example, my job at Whole Foods, like, I... I don't give a fuck. Like I already told you earlier, yeah. like I, whatever, you know, like uh, the, the actual labor that I do is meaningless to me, um, which sucks, but like I have other things that help me in that job that make it valuable to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, to me, those kind of like contracting jobs, contracting work, honing a skill that you can like, you know, develop over time. I think it's like super valuable oh yeah for sure because like it can branch off into other things too um i don't know if you're into other parts of like home building or like fixing and all that stuff it's like i feel like you'd have an easier avenue into trying other things in that regard oh yeah even just uh i mean most of what we did was working for a company in richmond uh hager rentals um and they have a bunch of rental properties be it apartments or houses or whatnot um and we would interact with the maintenance people and the carpenters and everything and we would get to see like what goes into building the apartments and maintaining them um so it gives you kind of an outlook on or not an outlook but like a look into what they do and everything and how the apartments or rental properties work yeah and and a a new appreciation for it yeah because like is like mundane as that seems like especially if you're doing it but like think of how important that is mm-hmm. like legitimately important that is to like know how housing is put together and like understand why certain things are the way they are mm-hmm. like because everyone needs it like it's not just like some niche thing it's like everyone needs floors yeah right like everyone needs a house or a shelter or like ac or whatever electrical wiring all this stuff and but like society doesn't see that as much of a valuable thing for some reason Mm -hmm. yet when you get down to it it's like so 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 necessary yeah that's the essential thing yeah like like uh like it's not going away as a floor covering installer most people look at us and they're they think we're just the scum of the earth you know we're, we're crawling around on their floor putting new floors in for them getting dirty which we are but we're not scum you know we're still people at the end of the day we're just doing a job that we know how to do 
not only that you know how to do, but other people don't know how to do. Yeah. Like more importantly, it's just like you're necessary. Mm -hmm. My job is just like anyone can do it. Like I'm sure you could make that argument (laughs) for your job too, but like I'm very much easily replaceable. My skills are not that conducive to transferability. I'll say that you're more replaceable than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. So, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, my roommate Mario just got a job doing like AC repair and stuff mm-hmm. completely new to it. But I'm like, dude, that's like the greatest thing for someone in terms of like purpose and um, not just like having a job, but having a job that you can actually get better at and like have some sort of journey into skill and progress that is legitimately valuable to people. Yeah. Though people for some reason don't see value in it, which is silly. It's like humble yourself a little bit. Like you don't know anything what's going on. Why are you looking down on people that install your floors? Like yeah. they have this knowledge that you don't. Yeah, and that's always that's gonna be something you always need, be it air conditioning like you just said, or you know, the H V A C stuff or the floor covering or a maintenance guy, a carpenter, you know, you're always gonna need that regardless of yeah. anything. So do you ever think about branching off into other parts, like not just floors, but maybe looking at like electrical wiring or like? I've thought about being an electrician before. Um, never really went much further than that with it. Yeah. Uh, mostly just because I'm, I'm comfortable with where, or I was comfortable with where I'm at. Obviously, when the pandemic hit, you know, we missed out on quite a bit of work um, and lost our we lost the gig where we, you know, did all the rent- rental properties and everything just because we were scared to work. You know, I have diabetes. I was at risk for it. And my dad is old and has other health problems. So he, or older, I'm sorry. Uh, and, that, <laughs> you know, uh, has, he was at higher risk for it as well. So we took six to eight weeks off and they pretty much just said, we don't need you anymore. You know, we have people that are willing to do it for us through the pandemic. So we lost that and we're doing shit jobs now just whenever we can. Um, so, I mean, I'm still passionate about it, but not as much as I was. Uh, Circumstantially, though. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to go somewhere else with it. You know, obviously be like the guy that is not bossing everybody around, but like the, the leader kind of telling everybody what to do, but still gets down there and knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. And is making, you know, the bigger money. Right. I, I think there's a lot of um, room for improvement in those mm-hmm. areas. Oh yeah, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. And like, wow, what a what a great thing to have though, right? Cuz like, for example, at my job at Whole Foods, it's like, what is my room for improvement? Like as just a regular employee in the meat department, it's like, all right, next step is like learn how to cut the meat better, sure. And then next step is like manage people and then like learn how to order things and then like learn how to manage more people like going further up and up and up and it's like how practical is that Mm -hmm. how how legitimate is that skill set without you know something already being there for me to like fill that role yeah um whereas a a job like yours is more like legitimately skill-based and you acquire these skills that you could do individually Mm -hmm. that require no one else I guess except for materials and this and that and the other, but like it is a legitimate skill that you get to hone. So part of me is very envious of that, like, you know, path of improvement that you get to, cause like 
at this point in my job at my position at least i'm just like i don't know i'm i'm at like 99th percentile of like skills gained and like i can improve here and there very little bit and like it's good i like to be able to improve not super meaningful though Mm -hmm. in any way it's like i don't see myself leaving that and being like hey i can wrap things really well (laughs) right on this specific device yeah yeah it's like whatever but yeah so i don't know do you see yourself venturing off into another section of like contracting work it's possible um my dad is actually no i'm not gonna ask you if i'm gonna say what would you venture into next if you could my one of my dream jobs is to get into uh the fashion industry and i know that sounds strange and most people most people that know me probably wouldn't think that but um i just have a really out there sense of fashion and style and i would like to be able to put that out into the world through my own clothing line i think that'd be ideal for me um and that's completely different from what i'm doing now obviously um but that's what i'm passionate about uh you know putting shit together that might not work with somebody else but I can make it work, you know. Um, but if I had to go like a like a contracting route or something like that, um, I wouldn't really know. I'd probably stick with just what I know how to do, uh, unfortunately, and be my father in forty years, you know. Well, not unfortunately. Not well, not unfortunately, but just plus that's a decision you make, yeah. whether or not to branch off into other things or not. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm speaking, I think you should try to figure out something else within the contracting world that you're able to, like, slowly branch out into this next thing and slowly branch out into something else after that. But we were talking about, like, time earlier, like, you know, eight hours of work and then eight hours of sleep and then eight hours left of whatever else you want to do. And um, I think when we frame time in a certain way, we can kind of get a new perspective. It's like, if you want to do it into fashion stuff, it's like, have you done anything to work towards that at all? No, simply because I don't know what to do or how to do it, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to get my foot in the door, I guess. Um, other than, you know, going out shopping and putting shit together that, like I said, normally wouldn't go together. Like, if you look in my closet, you'd be like, what, what the fuck is this? But yeah. when it's on me, it it's just me. I, I'm that kind of person that can pull off anything, not to, you know, sound conceited or whatever. I just, I have that personality where I can yeah. wear anything and, you know, look like Matt in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I think you should look into that some more. Because, I mean, like, you know, what we do outside of work and sleep is really important, mm-hmm. I think. It's like, that's where life happens. It's like, because you get a job and you kind of get in the rhythm of doing it and getting the money, sure. And, like, you got to sleep. Um, but man, there's so much time. There's so much time. I hate when people say they don't have time. And it's like, if you don't have time to do something, it's not that you don't have time. It's that your priorities are different, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what are, what are, what do you value and what are you prioritizing your time? Time is literally all we have at any uh, given moment. Especially right now. I mean, like I said, our jobs are very few and far between. So I have all the time in the world. I just don't know what to do. Yeah or how to do it yeah or where to start yeah yeah but like you start anywhere like right it's like you uh, you remember learning music 
right? Like, where do you start? First position, mm-hmm. right? It's like, makes no sense <laughs> until you get to second position. You're like, that makes a little more sense, right? That so you take these little baby steps and it's going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to make a shirt. Like, that was shitty. I'm going to make some pants, right? Or I don't, I don't know. I don't know how good you are at drawing or whatever, but it's like, I think you should explore that because like you're right you've always been very stylish and like had your own unique sense of taste in that regard and it's like even if it doesn't come to some fruitful like monetary thing it's just like what else are you doing yeah you know yeah even if yeah even if it's not making the money off of it i mean just getting my designs or whatever out there would be great like i have this idea for a uh, a watermelon hat which sounds really weird, but um, I want the like the the cap part of it to be either the rind part, like a rind print, or the pink fleshy part with the black seeds. Yeah. And then the brim would be the opposite. And then yeah. like, maybe I could make both of them, and you know they'd be contrasting. Release it as a set or something like, like that. Like a bucket hat. It's or, a watermelon. Or a bucket hat even. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be cool as shit. Right. Know? That sounds, that's, that's always an idea I've had for, or that's an idea I've had for the past couple of years. Do you draw at all? No, I'm not. No, I you can't should, do that. You should figure it out. I don't, I don't know. We just figure it, just start doing it and see what happens. Yeah. Like find a, maybe like a computer program that makes it easier. I could probably do that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's like, I don't know. I, I always want to encourage people to just to, to do right Mm -hmm. it's so easy especially in today's society just to sit back and consume oh yeah for sure like we're a consumer driven society where everything is just like lay back and just like intake Mm -hmm. and everything's done for you most things life is way easier um comparatively at least to the past like a hundred years ago Mm -hmm. like yeah you're fighting off fucking wolves and shit (laughs) And now it's like, now you're like, what do I do? Yeah. Now you're eating fucking wolves and yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? One sec. Uh, yeah, I was saying, I was going to say about like, our whole evolution was like survival, right? Every day was wake up and don't die. Mm-hmm. Like for hundreds of thousands of years, just wake up, don't die. Don't die. Everything is just like, ah, don't die. Don't <laughs> die. Whatever you do, just don't die. Um, and now we come to this screeching halt, you know, in the last 50 to whatever, 100 years or so. And now it's just like we have this like almost genetic trauma of the last hundreds of thousands of years of being like, don't die, always stress, don't die. And then like we stop it. And now we're in this kind of like limbo of kind of numbness is like, our brains are still wired to be like uh, alert, 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 you know, but we're always physically safe more mm-hmm. or less at this point. But your brain doesn't know that necessarily, right? So it's taking this energy of like, uh, like stay alive, you know, don't die, protect yourself, all this stuff. But it's like that energy is like we can use that now for other things. It's a hard thing because like, we more or less were working on our intuitions for so long. And now we have to work against our intuition and intuitions. Cause like, if we just let our natural intuitions guide us, we would just sit around and do nothing and be comfortable and 
indulge. But we've also found out that that makes people very unhappy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do we do with this extra energy that we got? Right? And it's like, it's so easy. Like we said with video games earlier, it's so easy just to like slip into something comfortable. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's such a disservice to yourself to do that. You know, it's like, no matter how difficult it seems or how unattainable or whatever this, that, or the other, you have a million excuses to say. It's like, there's there's no answer anymore. The answer used to be, don't die. Now it's just like, the answer is supposed to be like, survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you do that? <laughs> like, right? Like, hundreds of thousands and even millions of years of evolution were programmed to think a certain way. And now we're just like, now we don't have to do that. It's like we're throwing out that whole millions of years of blueprints out the window. Mm-hmm. How do we live now? That's a fucking hard thing to navigate. And we all obviously have kind of come across this, been like, wow, this is difficult. Because what we know intuitively, genetically, is just don't die. Do everything you can to survive. But now it's just like, now that that's just covered for us, like, oh, shit, what do we do now? <laughs> Be creative, like, you know, do things, pursue your interests, figure out who you are individually. You don't have to be part of a group necessarily. It's like, so there's every reason to think that you can't do things, but there's even more reasons to realize, like, why wouldn't I do things? And I think that's kind of the approach I've taken to this podcast is just like, why wouldn't I? I don't know. Like I am have enough wisdom to bestow on anyone. I really don't. But yeah, I think you should pursue those things. Like why not? Yeah. You know, what's stopping you? Um a lot of times it's like anxiety or like how you're going to be perceived, whatever. Those things are all real and legitimate, but like, well, well, like who cares? Mm-hmm. Like who cares at all? That's how I thought about social media too. I was like why would I post anything? Who cares? They, yeah, that's the exact reason why you would post anything. Who cares? I was like, well, does it matter? <laughs> Not really. But you're doing it at least. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're putting yourself out there. You're taking risks. I think that's a big part of it is like taking risks is massively valuable for humans. It's like we just like doing that. Um, there's this idea. I can't remember... I think it was Nietzsche or maybe some other philosopher that like thought about like utopia. Have you ever thought about utopia? Like what is a perfect society to you? Just everybody be unhappy. But like how? How would you get everyone happy? I don't know. That's the part I always struggle with. Right? Like you you could have all the food ever, right? And all the sex ever right all the safety you're not gonna die you can indulge you do everything imagine everything was set up for your quote-unquote happiness it'd probably be great for like you know a couple weeks but it's just like where do we go after that Mm -hmm. like humans aren't meant to just stagnate and just live the, the the happiness the indulgence that we think we want in fact, I don't think it was Nietzsche. I think it was someone else, a philosopher, maybe a psychologist. I was like, you know, 
if everything was perfect and everything, all your needs were met and everything was good, what would people do? People would probably divulge in some really messed up, like, self-harm um, that's, you know, just to have something else happen, just oh, to have yeah. some sort of risk to take. Curiosity, especially, it's just like, you know, I can eat whatever I want. I can fuck whoever I want. I don't have to do anything. Everything's great. But then, like, you'd kind of stale out at some point. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, what's next? Though, right? We're always looking for what's next, what's beyond what we already know. And in fact, if everything is just utopian-like, we'd probably devolve, devolve into just, like, hurting ourselves, hurting each other, killing ourselves, killing each other, just to find out what that feels like. So it's like the idea of utopia, like a really good thing, like this massive equality and quote unquote happiness for everyone for having the same thing. It's like, I don't know. It's probably not actually. It probably is more telling on the human behavior. It's like we should think about why do we do things? It's because we, I don't know, kind of seek that novelty. Just like what's, what could happen? Mm -hmm. even if it's bad like you obviously take risks and they don't work out and like but that's not necessarily bad right actually it can kind of kind of feel good to be like oh i fucked up yeah but at least i know that that wasn't it mm -hmm. now on to the next thing <laughs> there's always some excitement coming next right there's always something else to be like all right next um and if somehow that stopped where it was just like there's no next Everything's here, everything's provided, everything's good. Man, I I think humanity would not be very happy, actually, after a little bit. I don't know. It got me thinking about a lot of, like, why do we do things? I don't know. But I think something has to do with taking risks and chance and being like, I'm going to do it just because, um, what the fuck else is there to do, yeah. right? Yeah, so... I don't know. I don't want to be preachy and like be like I'm like talking at you, but mm -hmm. you know, like why not? Might as well. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about it? You're definitely right. I mean, I should just go for it, but what do you think is stopping you? Is there anything stopping you, or maybe you just haven't like thought it through, or just haven't really thought it through? I guess yeah, like you yeah. said. Um, because, I, I mean, I could do it at any given time, really. I could go home and do it right now if I wanted to. Yeah. But is there anything that you see or see that's stopping you? Not necessarily. Yeah. Just... No, no. Oftentimes, it's like self-doubt, mm -hmm. you know. And it goes back to the comparison thing. It's like, why does it matter? No one's going to appreciate it. It's like, yeah. Like, why, why does anyone need to appreciate it? Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. Once again, I get preachy on here. I listen to myself. Like, I'll go back and listen to each podcast at least once. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I at first I told myself I wouldn't do that. Like, it's like I'm not listening to myself talk. Like, that's weird. But then I did it, and I was like, first of all, I was like, God damn it, Paris, stop saying. There's like certain, you know, vocal habits that we all have. Mm -hmm. Saying like is a 
really bad one of mine. Oh yeah. Saying right after like my sentences on that right like mm-hmm. uh, like I hate myself. <laughs> I hate listening to myself sometimes. I'm like shut up, dude. I'm gonna listen to this and hate everything I say. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but um, it's also it's also good to hear it and be like, well, that's how I talk, and there's things I can improve on. Um, which goes back to that novelty thing. It's like, why, what, why, we, why do we do anything? Is it to get better at it? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily for the for the end goal of things. It's more or less for because we find value in like doing it and feeling good doing it. And it's like, if you were to get to a point where you were super successful and everything worked out, you might not even feel that great, to be honest. You might find more. It's like Kurt Cobain said the same thing about Nirvana. He was like way more. He's like it was way more fun playing just garage band shows, you know, when he's a teenager. Now he's selling out concert halls everywhere and just not. It's like he made it. You should be really happy, but he's not. Mm It's like, what's the point anymore? It seems like where's the progress? Yeah. It's like you kind of just get to a point. You're like, this is it, I guess. And then naturally, we as humans, we're like, we always want more. We always want the next. We always want better. We always want more improvement. So, I don't know. It's a weird idea to toss around. But yeah. This thing's got me buzzing like a motherfucker. <laughs> what percentage is this? Uh, it's 35 milligrams, so it'd be like thirty, uh, 3.5%. You know what's crazy in Japan? They like have the percentages of nicotine in cigarettes, mm-hmm. um, which you don't see that here. It's really just get whatever cigarette you want. Yeah. No, where I used to work at a vape shop, the um, breakdown is like regular cigarettes are twenty-four milligram or two point four percent. Your lights are twelve milligram or one point two percent, and then your ultralights oh. are typically. Um, six milligram or zero point six percent. Huh. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also not printed on the labels either. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, in Japan, it's straight up just like, what level do you want? <laughs> also, cigarettes are cheaper in Japan than, and they don't make tobacco over there. Mm-mm. Um, they make tobacco here, and yet somehow through trade deals or whatever, like cigarettes are cheaper in Japan like 420 yen each what is like 350 yeah roughly you can kind of roughly translate 100 yen to a dollar it's more like 106 yen or i don't know what the conversion rate is today but it's it's just barely slightly off so about four bucks per pack of cigarettes almost everywhere too i know i was passing by thornton's today and they said newports for 671 a pack i was like god damn dang that's expensive yeah for kentucky yeah you go to new york it's like Nineteen dollars for a pack of. Anything. Oh, I know. I, I couldn't imagine smoking any other state. Oh, right. Like, why would you smoke if you live in New York? Yeah. Like, first of all, you live in New York. Just go outside and take a breath. You get yeah. a buzz off of that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, nineteen bucks for some cigarettes. Like, you got me way fucked up. Mm-hmm. My headphones are fucking up. All right, there we go. Um, but yeah, for some reason in Japan, it's just cheaper. Same thing with bourbon too. I don't know if you, I told the story at, on some episode. I don't remember. Um, 
I bought a bottle of Elijah Craig the last time I went to Japan because I was like, all right, I'm going to pop this open, give it to somebody, whatever. It's like a $30 bottle of bourbon. Pretty solid. Elijah Craig's good. Um, so I did that, busted open with some of my cousins, drank it, great. Went to a liquor store the following day and saw they had bourbon. I was like, oh, cool, let's see what they got. And I was like, all right, Maker's Mark, yeah, Jim Beam, yeah, all that. It's pretty cheap, too. And I was like, wait a second, they have Elijah Craig here. And I picked it up, and I looked at it. I was like, 1,500 yen? I was like, that's like $15. I was like, I bought this exact same bottle in Kentucky where they made it, but it was $30. Damn. And yet it's halfway across the world over here, and it's only $15? I was like, I am never bringing bourbon here again. What is this bullshit? I was like, how, how does that make any sense at all? Why is this? Uh... Yeah, I was just like floored. So yeah, now I can't bring bourbon. Because it's like, I would always bring stuff to Japan that's like they can't get in mm -hmm. Japan. Um, so I'd bring my uncle like salt and vinegar chips because they didn't have salt and vinegar chips in Japan. But now it's like globalization has made everything accessible everywhere. You can get like Doritos and whatever Lay's over in Japan now. It like makes it less special. So now I have to really, 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 really find specific things that they won't be able to get over there. Mm -hmm. So I'll bring like Ale 8 or beef jerky or, you know, other random stuff that they couldn't find. But it's getting progressively harder to bring like special gifts from the Western world to the Orient. Right. But yeah, I guess it's the same for Japan over here. You can get like pokey and haichus anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was just like, wow, 15 bucks for bourbon. Yikes. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I don't know, this wild turkey's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've had a few pretty good bottles of bourbon. I can kind of tell a difference, but like. Yeah, it's bourbon. Oh, yikes. Damn, it's almost 2 a.m. over here. And I'm over here falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was about to say, you, you, your bedtime's what, 10? Yeah, usually? about four hours ago. Dang. Why do you go to bed so early? Is that just habit? I'm just an old man. Yeah. yeah. What time do you wake up usually? Um... Anywhere between like seven and eight. Okay, so at least you like wake up pretty early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I'm trying to get used to as well. I did we get up around eight. I'm trying to make it earlier, but doing these kind of podcasts doesn't really help. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I guess we should let you get to bed. I should probably get to bed too. I'm gonna go to the gym in the morning. I hope. I don't know if that's gonna work out. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna happen. I hope it will, but we'll see about it. But yeah, Matt, thanks for coming around. Like, no problem. Thanks yeah. for letting me be the first naked guest on your podcast. Yeah, 100% naked, just balls on my chair and everything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, eventually, I'd love to have you back on with other people You know that like we have history with. It'd be cool to open up that discussion. Anytime. Yeah. I'm like three miles away from you. So, yeah, yeah, right? Like, we're all so close. It's like, there's no reason not to. Yeah. But cool, man. Thanks for coming around. I Thanks appreciate for having it. me. Yeah. Until next time.